Right. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Catching Up with Jacob. And here he is on the other side of the pond, Jacob Prash. How are you, Jacob? Well, to tell you the absolute truth, yes. the more I look at the news, the more I just want Jesus to come back because I can't see anything else reversing the trend the world is going in. But he's coming. Amen. And we got to live until he comes. We got to live and serve until he comes. Yes. A bit about our father's business. Amen. Uh, yes. Another brother, welcome back, David Lister. Oh, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm a married man now, and I didn't realize how much time marriage takes up. But uh, so I love my wife. So, but we know we're going to be apart for missions and things like that. So we agreed. Sure, uh before marriage <laughs> and uh so anyway we're uh uh have some i'll get to talk about missions in a few minutes for yeah. everyone uh, yeah. so stay tuned yeah welcome back david and uh, of course people um you know we're wondering where you were and uh, uh we can tell well we know he's alive somewhere yeah uh, but um and he's enjoying his time with his wife so let's get him back when he can't. So I'm glad you're here. And of course, um, a new, well, not new to the program, but new to uh, the year, Christoph, first time this year, but uh, it's been a while since we had you. How are you, brother? Thank you so much. This is really a blessing uh, to be here and honored to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you. I'm very well and very feel privileged that I have a chance, you know, to share all the news around the world uh, with all the body of Christ. Amen. Well, we it's our blessing to have you here, and we can't wait to hear how uh, the believers are doing in Poland, what's going on in the church, because that's really the more critical part of what God is doing within the body of Christ there, uh, amidst of all the craziness that happens in the world, and, and, and Poland is no, it's not immune to that. Poland is not immune to that, as well as we're not immune to it here in the States either. So thank you for, for being those here. who don't know, Chris is the Morio rep in Poland. Praise the Lord. Well, glad to have Christoph here. Uh, and of course, down the street from my house, not too far, Jay. How, you know, how are you, Jay? Doing well. Very happy to be here, as always. Yeah. And you know, Jay, um, we didn't say happy birthday last week, but uh, it was your birthday in December. So I wanted to say happy birthday. We didn't say the happy birthday to you last week. So my apologies. Just uh, I, I I couldn't be at your grandiose dinner. I missed it. Uh, wish I was there, but I want to wish you happy birthday. And, and, and uh, I let everybody wish you happy birthday as well. No, th thank you. So Amen. is Hollywood and uh, Beverly Hills still prospering? I mean, Beverly Hills is always prospering and it never stops. Hollywood, however, I mean, they're having some issues this year. A um, mm. lot of people are are switching uh, studios. I, I won't go into details there, but there there's some pretty tremendous things happening uh, as far as the shakeup in Hollywood. Very interesting. So, Paramount. <laughs> Who gets it? I don't know. It? I don't want to even speculate that. I, in fact, I can't legally, probably. Yeah. You know, it's always <laughs> been curious to me that if you go down Gower Street in Hollywood, that Paramount Studios is right next to Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> They're literally right next to each other. Yeah. Right next to uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin's old studio as well. Right oh, yeah, across the yeah. street. Yep. Isn't that near, uh, what's that studio, the Muppets are, that was his studio, studio right there where, 
where Pink's Hot Dogs is, isn't it? Yeah, that's the that's the Brea, and yes, the Henson Studio still stands. It still looks creepy. Yeah. Well, it Pink's does. Hot Dogs is probably the best thing out there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Cupid's is better. Oh yeah. Well, I just meant that little area. Oh, that little area. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not much good comes from that little area. Amen. Well, welcome, Jay. Welcome. And uh, of course, down under, Davey, how are you, brother? Yep. Doing good, thanks. Doing good, thanks. And good to be here with you all. Well, you're way ahead of us. It's Saturday already for you there, so let us know yep. how the day is going to go. No, I'm kidding. Uh, well, welcome. Welcome in the name of the Lord, all those who are watching and, um, and waiting, and we're here. And uh, those who are watching on all the different platforms, we welcome you in the name of the Lord. And we got a wonderful episode. Not only do we have Christoph, but we got some really, really good uh, mission reports and a good hot take from Jacob. In fact, let's go to the hot take. Uh, Jacob Prash, take it from here. Let's do a hot take. Not surprisingly, Hunter Biden has pleaded not guilty. He's entered a plea of not guilty. He faces multiple charges, including tax evasion. And uh, the investigation by Congress into his overseas business dealings, which his father has already having been proven to have lied about, uh, is gaining some kind of a political momentum to the point where the pressure has built so much that Hunter Biden has finally agreed to enter depositions before the Congressional Investigating Committee. His mother came out and said it's affecting the family and the grandchildren. My question to her would be, does that include the grandchild who you and your husband and your son tried to deny even existed because he was conceived and born out of wedlock through the antics of your son? You know, the son who was booted out of the Navy for drugs, the son who was involved in substance abuse, the son with the uh, laptop who people signed false declarations from the intelligence community saying that it was bearing all the marks of a Russian hoax. Your son, all of a sudden, when it's Hunter Biden, it becomes a politically motivated prosecution. With Donald Trump, he's a criminal. What crime did he commit? This week, this horrible judge named uh, Engroden in New York, was in a situation where you had Letitia James. Letitia James said she ran for the office of attorney general with a political motive to get Trump. He's being with a crime that never happened, claiming that he overstated or overestimated the value of his property assets in order to get loans from banks, overvaluing the collateral. All of the loans were paid back. The banks made absolutely no complaint to anybody. There's no case. There's no victim. This judge agreed that Donald Trump could make his own closing remarks. But once he said, there's no crime here and there's no victim except for me, the banks got paid back, there was never a complaint, and there's other expert testimony in the area of property valuation 
who testify that he did not overstate the value of real estate assets posted as collateral, that where's the crime? Where's the fraud? Who, who's out of pocket? Nobody is being hurt except him. He's the only victim of a crime that never even happened. What he is is the plainly the victim of a racially motivated and politically motivated prosecution by somebody who should not be allowed to hold office because she entered the office not in the pursuit of justice, but entered office in order to misuse the judiciary as a political instrument to prosecute or to persecute her political enemies. The two standards are unbelievable. Meanwhile, in Georgia, Fannie Willis, we now find that she has been subpoenaed to testify at a divorce trial where she took on a lover in the prosecution of Trump. These people have no scruples, no morals themselves. None. Yet, when they are justly, justly, called to give accounts legally and judicially. They become the victims, despite the evidence, which they demand be ignored. But when there's no case, they go against Mr. Trump. You have a woman who failed to gain elected office as the Secretary of State in Maine, she lost elections, but through political connections, she becomes the state secretary of state. There's about a hundred or nearly a hundred charges brought against Donald Trump by Smith in Washington, by Willis in Georgia, and by James in New York. If Donald Trump could have been charged with sedition or anything like it, you know they would have done it. But there is a record of him telling the protesters on January 6th to go home. And he offered Nancy Pelosi National Guard troops to protect the Capitol on January 6th. They know there's no basis to charge Donald Trump with sedition. But this renegade Secretary of State in Maine and others in Colorado decide without any charges, without any arraignment, without any indictment, and without any conviction to say he is guilty of, in, of insurrection and of fermenting insurrection. And on that basis, remove him from the ballot as a unilateral political decision non-judicially. This is not an attack on Donald Trump. It is an attack on democracy by a party that falsely claims to be democratic. There's nothing democratic about a party that has 100 superdelegates representing the political establishment who can block the will of the membership of their own party. For instance, the same as you have a right-center populism that has backed Donald Trump, 
you have a left-center populism that is back Bernie Sanders. If the democratic will of the people of the Democratic Party, the left progressivists, had been democratically achieved, Sanders would have been politically empowered, but the establishment, Donna Brazil, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, etc., blocked it and gravitated to the extreme left themselves just to protect their power. They didn't care about the ideology. They went to the extreme left themselves only to stop people from going after Sanders in their own party. This is unbelievable hypocrisy, unbelievable corruption, unbelievable war against the Constitution. But the dual standards are unfathomable. That is what is happening. All right. Now for a quick follow-up, if you don't mind, Jacob. Um, if you remember, there's with overestimating of home prices, business prices, and everything, there's been an actual victim. What happened in the run-up to 2008 is banks were working in collusion with home appraisers to overvalue people home to do refinancing over and over and flip these loans. And so it all just went south, we know, in 2008. And the aggrieved party is the United States taxpayer who had to bail out these corrupt banks to the tune of almost $1 trillion. Yeah, but that's and nothing specific. That's nothing specific to the Donald Trump prosecution. Well, he's saying that, you know, he overvalued his place, which everybody does. Everybody says my house is worth more. The bank's supposed to do their research, but it was actually the bank's and the uh, overvaluing houses and the taxpayers got stuck with the bill. Yes, I know, but that was not something specific to Donald Trump. No, but I'm just kind of drawing that there is that I know there's nothing. I mean, I've sold houses and things like that connected with him, but I'm just saying there is actually an aggrieved party that that did this purposefully and was not prosecuted. Sure. Well, unfortunately, but predictably, George Bush supported the subprime lending. There you go. Rhino. But yeah. it was the invention of Clinton and Cuomo, supported by Barney Frank in the House and Chris Dodd and Barack Obama in the Senate. Yeah. So they invented it. Now Bush supported it, but they yep. invented it. People yep. talk about the economic achievements of the Clinton presidency. Bill Clinton inherited the peace dividend. The Iron Curtain collapsed. The Soviet empire imploded. He inherited the peace dividend. Under those conditions, a chimpanzee, a chimpanzee from the Bronx Zoo, could have balanced the budget. A monkey yep. from the zoo could have balanced the budget under those conditions. Yeah. Secondly, through no achievement of his own, he caught the wave of the high-tech boom, mm -hmm. which eventually burst. Yeah. He achieved nothing in terms of economic management except lighting the fuse on the subprime catastrophe of 2008 and getting out of office before it blew up. 
That is what he did. He lit the fuse and left the Oval Office before the explosion of the bomb that he set the timer on. Yeah, him, yeah him. I just think it's, I just think it's the funny. Other culprit, the other culprit was Janet Reno, the former yeah. secretary, a former attorney general, who was threatening prosecution of lending institutions if they wouldn't lend money to people who who, who were too high risk based on race. Yeah. Well, she she she's she's dead now. Um, yeah. but th this is what happened in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. And uh, that would be the hot take of the week. So make sure you guys get yeah. a hold of that. Uh, David Lister, you're coming back from uh, a mission trip. You got married, mission trip. You did a lot of work in Asia. Uh, Want to fill us in a little bit of what's going on there, what Moriel is doing, other ministries are involved. Yeah. And uh, what's going on in Thailand and the Philippines and things like that. So take yeah, it away. Be, I'll be glad to. Uh, uh, we did have uh, a fellowship drive with you across Australia and into New Zealand, which I know you really enjoyed. And we these fellowship drives that have started in um, in America have spread now to Australia and New Zealand. And it's so good to be out there among people who actually want to get good teaching. They want to be in fellowship with each other. And, and we have um, some, some actual uh, growth in this area of, of new church plants, uh, not church plants, but fellowship groups have come out of this. And so we're planning on doing more of those. In fact, Jacob is going to be going on one here, coming over here to Texas and then into Florida and so this is, and then he, God willing, sometime in May, possibly, he will be picking up where you left off over there, Marco, and going through uh, Australia and help build on what you started over there. And so, and, and into New Zealand. But then for me, I've spent some time in, in the uh, Philippines as well as in Thailand. Scott, our missionary there in Thailand, has been getting into prisons for quite a few years now, and we've expanded it, and now we're in, I think, up to eight prisons now, which we're visiting, even uh, supermax prisons, we're, we're, we're going to women's prisons, men's prisons, and so he wants me to start helping him send teachings in, so we're going to be doing that. So we're expanding the work that we started in Chiang Mai and in Chiang Rai and continuing that. But these other places down south. Now, I'm going to be going back, God willing, sometime in March. And we're going to go to some new prisons. And then as Jacob finishes up the Australia-New Zealand thing, we're going to come back and bring him over to visit those prisons, too. I don't know how many of them, but we'll try to get him into some. So it's... It's very interesting, and and you know the Lord really led me to uh, expand uh, on love, and I was in a women's prisons, well, a couple of them, and I did a teaching, a variation of love on a good mother and a son, and at the end, because the theme of it was about reconciliation and peace and God's love. Many, many women were touched by it and crying and wanting to know the Lord. And so we've had some good results. In one prison, 
We we had one lady that uh, has graduated, is now married to a pastor's son. And or I just said graduated. I should have meant got out of jail. And then uh, we now have another one which was soon to be released, maybe out by now since I've been back. And so we're seeing people, women come out and men come out and they're continuing in their faith. And they picked up trades and we're seeing that uh, we're going to be able to interact with the prisons. They're very progressive on trying to help the people they have in them. We're also seeing something we're finding a lot of the way Thailand handles uh, prisoners that are visa problems. They're putting them in prison for six months or more, and then they kick them out of the country. So we ran into a lot of English speaking and prisoners from everywhere, from Saudi Arabia to Kenya to South Africa, to on and on. You could just imagine. So we we got to minister to them and we're we're bringing some bibles for them in english and their own languages so that's good so it's really interesting the growth of this and so i hope people will please pray uh for these prisoners you know it's a good thing to visit them and to minister to them because we can stay afterwards sometimes 30 minutes an hour to talk to the prisoners individually uh, they're, you know, if they have the time, you know, sometimes though they have to go right to lunch or something, but sometimes they allow us to talk to them. We brought also uh, our Cebu team, which are um, singers and things like this. And, and uh, some of them sang in Thai and they sang oh. their songs and people were really blessed by it because of the hard work that Jovelin and Keith did. And uh, and I call her, her name is Tricia, I call her Songbird, but uh, she has a voice that stops people. I mean, stops them in their track. They just stop. And who is this voice? Who is this singing, you know? And so we're hoping to get her back in again. And so she's practicing some more songs. Well, I'm going to try to get one. Marco said to let's get her singing something. But she would accompany my stuff uh, by singing Amazing Grace. And so it really touched a lot of people. Great voice. So um, this work's going to continue on. And then in the Philippines, we went over and had our wonderful um, Christmas Jollibee visit, which I know for Jacob is a highlight. <laughs> but Jacob's planning on going over there in May or June, so we're going to do do another Jolly Bee over there. But I, what was really great about it is, if some of you may know, we have a scholarship program now for the kids that have been with us from 12 to 15 years, and they're now of college age. And because of the work of of the missionaries from the Philippines, they're instilling dreams in them that your life can be better, and that you can take what you've learned with us and give it back to the kids there and help the others behind you, which they're doing really well. And so what's happened is these guys are going, uh, these scholars, we call them the scholars, they're going to college now. And uh, they had their own set of problems because they're very low income and everything. They have, I, I don't like to call it a self-esteem issue, but they're you know, they're they're now being upward mobile and they're in something they've never felt before. And so I tried to help them with, look, you can fit in. And this is part of the gospel lift of taking you from 
poor circumstances to put you somewhere better because God has a plan for your life. And so I just wanted uh, you to know about that. And so also I got to sit for two hours and ask her, answer the scholars questions on doctrine. So we're, we're doing a lot with the kids and from just being a feeding program, now we're evolving. So those are some of the things that's going on. So please pray for these and may God bless it as as I go back, as God willing, when Jacob comes over there. Um, so it, it's just been a blessing for me. And I know my missionaries and Scott likes it. So please help us expand this mission with your prayers. That's what we need, prayers. Amen. So God bless. More coming. More Talk news coming. So great stuff from Southeast Asia. And um, hopefully it tells a little bit about Japan next time if you visit Japan and what's going on. I'll be on. going in uh, in the March. Yes, praise God. So that's yeah. really good. All right. Well, you heard it here. Hot take, mission report. You get it all at Catching Up with Jacob. So, And you'll get some more information. Let's talk about this story. Gender dysphoria diagnosis on the rise across the U.S. But there's a misnomer there. Except in states that don't promote it. If a state promotes it, you see gender dysphoria go through the roof. And of course, that it's a diagnosis of basically uh, uh, you have some kind of anxiety or some kind of fear about your body. And and it's usually um, uh, the, the diagnosis is you need a sex change. That's really how they do. And especially for kids. But this new study found that it's an increasing number of people across the country, both young and old, who are, I guess, suffering from uh, unease, a deep sense of unease and distress about their bodies, which that usually leads to some kind of sex change. So, uh, Jacob, we'll start with you. This is rampant across the state, especially in states like here in California, uh, New York, Virginia had the highest one, 245. It is absolutely scandalous to think that that many people are having gender dysphoria all of a sudden. So what's your take on this? Well, obviously, it's part of a greater problem. With the divorce rate, with the amount of children being born out of wedlock, with absentee fatherhood uh, in all communities, but especially minorities, particularly black communities, when people do not have a parent of the same gender to identify with as a role model, you're going to have ramifications, one of which is underperformance in education. Second, a statistical predisposition to getting in trouble with the law. But third is a gender identity crisis. It shows you the morally depraved state of the Western world and of the United States. When you can take minors and on the basis of no real medical diagnosis other than an agreement there's dysphoria, which is, again has no pathology to it. It has no chemical or 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 histological pathology. Right. Um. On that basis, to perform genital mutilation by surgical means that is irreversible on minors, and doing so increasingly by law without parental consent. Especially without that, yes. As well, as well as a chemical adjustment of the endocrine system 
you're messing with testosterone and estrogen production by endocrine organs. They don't even know the yeah. long-term biomedical ramifications of these chemical therapies. That's right. Pfizer can't even tell you what they're going to do. They cannot they tell you. Yeah. They cannot tell you. This is criminal and it is demonic. And the medical establishment knows it. Hmm. As a purely scientific opinion, they can tell you this. But science goes out the window, even in medicine. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore, as we'll see shortly when we talk about what's happening at John Hopkins University. Yeah, It's unbelievable. What should be more science-based than medical science? <laughs> but forget about it. Yeah. You're not making those decisions based on the medical evidence or, 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 or genetic realities. That's right. Forget about parental rights. Forget about the long-term ramifications for those children having these irreversible chemical and surgical procedures. What if they change their mind? Yeah, which a lot of them do. Which a lot of them do. But it's too late. Too late, exactly. The, this is criminal. These people, these legislatures, these activists, and these medical professionals will burn in hell forever. Destroying the kids. Better to have a millstone tied around your neck than to hurt one of these little ones. Yeah. You know, I did have a question for anybody here on the panel that wants to answer this. Wasn't gender dysphoria still considered a mental illness? Yeah, it's mental disorder DSM five, which is still uh, it's still considered a, a mental illness, but it's yes. it's never mentioned to any of these kids. In fact, as soon as you a, a kid under eighteen has any uh, anxiety, that's what they call it, anxiety or distress about their bodies changing, they immediately have to go see a usually an LGBT community member uh, wow. to talk about their feelings because. And check this out. The concern is that they're going to commit suicide if they don't see them. And you hear the president, you hear uh, in the European Union, the same thing here in the States, the same thing. If we don't get to these children, they're going to commit suicide. Of course, they're lying. They don't tell you the suicide rate among people who have had sex change surgery. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's they're actually lying. Yeah. It, it, the diametric opposite of what they're claiming is true. There is another factor. There was one time it was coming into vogue in the, certain countries, including the United States, a surgical remedy for a psychiatric disorder. That was called prefrontal lobotomy. Yeah. It was outlawed. They said you cannot find possibly a surgical solution to these kinds of psychiatric problems. Mm. But now, not prefrontal lobotomy, emasculation, mm. yeah. mastectomy with no tumors, no carcinogenic pathology, nothing. Just as arbitrary cosmetic procedures that are permanent. Mm. Um the only chemical endocrinologically efficacious chemical I wouldn't even call it a therapy was for serial rapists and for child molesters some places allowed chemical castration as, as opposed to um, genital emasculation hmm. um, 
instead of serving gonads, you do it chemically. Okay, there was that, but that's it. This stuff, after the scandals that followed the prefrontal lobotomy trend that came into vogue a generation and a half ago, it was thought we should never attempt doing anything like this again. But now they're doing it. And they're doing it to children, and they're doing it without parental consent. Mm. And this is a big part uh, part of that, Jacob. We we talked a little bit about that last time. It's some states don't allow it. Some states do allow it. And it's going to become a state issue in terms of trafficking. It's already happening, especially Idaho, Washington, Oregon. Trafficking kids, Idaho doesn't want them. Washington and uh, Oregon allow that without parental consent. And so uh, Wyoming, Idaho are very upset that some of their children are being brought over to those states and having gender, uh, 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 you know, uh, reassignment surgery without anybody knowing. The only thing that could stop it would be some kind of congressional legislation Hmm. that affirmed parental responsibility for the health of the children. Right, exactly. You know, that children cannot have surgery without the consent of parents, elective elective surgery, without the consent of parents. Mm. That would be the only way to, to do it. But of course, those servants of Satan, the progressivists, both rhinos and Democrats, w- would oppose such legislation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you have, the, the, the reason why they don't want it is because so many of these uh, activists some of these activists that, that influence kids to have this reassigning surgery, the gender reassigning surgery, are also perverts. They get caught raping kids. Of course, uh, like, they just caught that one. Was this caught that one? Was it Kendall something in Philadelphia? In Philadelphia, yeah. Uh, and another yeah. one was caught the day before yesterday, um, with ch- with child pornography and violating children. Yeah. Um, this happens all the time, as you say. <clears throat> these Marco. people, these activists themselves. Mm. Or, or very often pedophiles. Right. And these are the ones that influence the kids. Go ahead, David. Yeah, Marco. When I was uh, 12 or 13, my mother I, I, my mother saw I was changing. Okay? She brought home pictures, talked to me about the birds and the bees that was called then and everything. But now it's almost like you're saying that a normal change within an adolescent is not just handled as if, if a child has questions oh why is this like this or this like that why do I feel this way why do my eggs li-? this these guys are grabbed out of the classroom and then taken and administered propaganda and yeah. evangelized if I could use that term into yeah. a alternative lifestyle is just i mean so like parents need to be very concerned that this is happening right is do i have that correctly no absolutely i mean when you have uh indoctrination like this to a vulnerable mind a vulnerable child jacob's right with the divorce rate and not having two parents and it's a very confusing world for a child especially when you have the media pushing and, and i hate to think of the fact that tiktok and social media pushing it and pushing it to the point where they're like, well, I don't know what I am. And, and a lot of kids, uh, unfortunately, today, uh, being gender fluid, 
binary, non-binary. I mean, it used to be back when I was when I was a young when I was younger. Uh, when we heard things like that, that people were confused with that. It was strange. Like, what are you confused about? You're either you know male or female. But nowadays, it's it's a complete uh, spectrum um, because gender is a construct. They say social uh, is a social yep. construct. So you can't really boil it down to X Y chromosomes. Even though if you follow the science, that's what you'll end up. If that's, that's what correct. they want to follow the science. So uh, now we have a Go ahead, Jay. Marco, we have a law that taking a woman and having sex with her across in other states, there's a, there was a law, a federal law at one time that you'd be charged with rape and things like well, this. The Man Act. The Man Act. Man Act. But we well, should have some sort of Man Act for people taking without parental guidance across state lines as a uh, a crime yes mm. you know Go ahead, Jay. children's programming is is uh not indoctrination it's actually marketing because what are they marketing they're marketing a lifetime of drugs for them to take for the Ooh. children to take as far as uh suppressing their yeah. their basic dna it's a lifetime of surgeries a lifetime of treatment to handle infections, this is a this. There's an allegiance, uh, an alliance between the LGBTQ propaganda and the pharmaceutical companies that enable the behavior, and that's why they they have corporate sponsorship to do ads, to do ch children's videos, to to yes. make sure that the world is inundated with their ideology, so that the pharmaceutical companies can sell drugs and again most gender reassignment surgeries would be classified as plastic surgery you're, you're going yeah. to shape and mold something yeah and so that is completely elective that that i don't i don't know how the insurance companies have been gamed into paying for some of this yeah it, it, it so a, they a should be the ones money the they love of be. money combined with the love of evil yeah. is now destroying our the next generations. Yes. Well, here it is. This is what Jacob's talking about. Seven men in Texas filmed themselves gang-raping two toddlers in a mall bathroom in Houston. Only one has been arrested. And uh, that is some simply horrifying and, and, and gross. Uh, Kendall Stevens, trans activist, arrested in Philly for the rape of two minors. This is Newsweek decided to cover it finally, uh, but what they how they decided to cover Newsweek is that it was an attack on him because he was uh, he's a black he's a black man and uh, so it's racist to uh, to uncover the fact of what he did. Yeah, same as Justice Small when he pleads race. Yes, yeah, this is unbelievable. The world that we yes. live in today and children are the are are the biggest are the biggest. Uh, uh, I agree with what James said about. The pharmaceutical market, yeah, being partially culpable. But let's yeah. look at further culpability of Randy Weingarten and the teachers' unions. Yeah. Okay. The schools are being used used as the recruitment <laughs> as the recruitment facilities for for pediatric transgender surgical procedures. Yeah. Okay. That's the first, and the damn the damnable teachers' unions. Oh. And Randy Weingarten, that, that wicked woman. But when you have the government, you know, Biden having an, an open White House uh, celebration yes. of 
open. Like, and then condemning I, people like DeSantis for opposing it. Yeah. But then the other one, and James would be able to explain more than, better than me, Disney, mm. child entertainment. Yeah. Mm. Jake, in that direction. Jacob, yeah. I think you left one people that, one group out that Catholic needs to church? be addressed, the church. Mm. Yeah, the, the Catholic false church. church. Yep. I wanted to ask uh, um, uh, Christoph real quick. Christoph, do you, I mean, I know Poland had traditionally, because of the Catholic background, had been traditionally a lot less on this. But do you see it changing, especially with the new government coming? I know we're going to get to the government part, but how, do you see it more because of uh, or, or less just because Poland had been somewhat conservative on this and protecting children? Thank you for that, because I would love to jump jump uh, into the, all the conversation, because, you know, I would love to give you some numbers from Poland. Absolutely. Actually, I live in Poland, and this is uh, obviously a Catholic country, and uh, we have a, some kind of traditions that are obvious. But the thing is that uh, through Internet, we can follow you, because we want to, as a country, as the people are uh, searching for the freedom they didn't have in the past, because living in the Central Europe, we have a difficult past with many wars and many centuries without the map, you know, without yeah. Poland on the map and so on. But the uh, thing is that we want to follow you. And this is good thing and bad thing, I believe, because we can see how the Western world is going forward and forward, right? For example, we are talking about uh, Catholic traditions, but now... Uh, doesn't matter which government is here in Poland. 23% of people in Poland accepts LGBT. Wow. A lot 51, higher. 51% say that it, it is out of norm, but we need to tolerate it. Mm. Okay. So the question is, what is norm? Yeah. Right. And exactly. uh, only 17% of people in Poland thinks that it is immoral. So we have the picture right now that following the Western world without morals in our family uh, from the Bible, we are, you know, in the world and we can, you know, see what happens uh, in the world Western in the U United States because many people are, you know, looking for you, looking for to learn from you. And now we can see in our society that it is coming up to us. Mm. Yeah, it, it's rather changing fast, changing very fast. Uh, I, I want to bring it back to the uh, um, the John Hopkins story, Jacob, because this is really yeah. interesting. Uh, Crystal, the, just, so, just can I comment on, on Chris's remarks? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. He rightly highlights the position of the Roman Catholic Church in countries like Poland. Um, but because of the grip or the influence of Roman Catholicism in countries like Poland, Italy, Ireland, much of Latin America. When you see a Pope saying you can bless <laughs> same-sex unions, well, right. the Pope says it's okay, so it must be. Let's remember something. It was the Roman Catholic Church that invented the sexual mutilation of children. Mm. They would take boys and they would emasculate them so they can sing soprano in the choir. Instead of being altos, they wanted them to sing soprano. They actually used surgical castration of choir boys. It was the Roman. 
the surgical mutilation of children for transgender purposes, for want of a better term, was the invention of Roman Catholicism. Mm. It was the, they invented it. Historically, they invented They were the first ones to do it, at least in the Western world. Mm. So I think what Chris is highlighting of, of, of the position of Catholicism is right. But because of the influence of Catholicism in Poland and other Catholic countries, when you have a pope like this one, that just gives it a green light. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. The, the the John Hopkins story, Jacob, the uh oh, I know they're trying to take it back. The DEI op is trying to retract it, but I mean what what do we have as doctors anymore? What do we have as uh, people that do healthcare? If John Hopkins is going this way. You gotta remember the Harvard Med and John Hopkins are the two top in the United States, arguably the two top in the world. Okay, faculties of medicine, two top. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson was the professor of, of uh, pediatric neurosurgery at um, John Hopkins. He was the only surgeon who ever successfully, without fatality, successfully separated encephalophlogosiamese twins joined at the brain. Other people tried it, but the babies died. He did it successfully. And he was out of John Hopkins, but a lot of people came out of John Hopkins. Now you have somebody, a non-medic, I believe, Again, like that pathetic gay woman in, in Harvard, appointed because of her skin color, affirmative action, black. I think her name is uh, Sharita Golder. And she was the DEI director of John Hopkins Med. Now, why do you need a DEI director <laughs> at a faculty of medicine? Yeah, You're looking for people who have high MCAT scores, high grades, <laughs> uh, particularly high proficiency in biology and chemistry, and 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 you're looking at, at people who have the uh, aptitude for, for diagnostics. That's what you should be looking at. She is saying that the admissions policy has been based on privilege. Yes. She's not looking at qualification. Now, remember, the best pediatric brain surgeon in the world was a black man at John Hopkins, who's a political <laughs> conservative. Yeah, they don't like him because of she that. doesn't mention that, right. She's saying the privilege is, the problem is males, yep. whites, Christians, mm. and English speakers. What a wicked woman. I would say that we don't just need sex change surgery. We need species change surgery. That woman should undergo a veterinary procedure and turn her into a cocker spaniel or something like this. She is absurd. She has less than human intelligence and less integrity than a dog with rabies. What a wicked, stupid woman. It's based on bias. Forget about the qualifications. It's based on privilege. The problem is privilege. Males, whites, Christians, and English speakers. Oh, my Lord. Would you want to put your life in the hands 
of an unqualified physician that simply got in based on gender or sexual orientation or skin color or English not being their mother tongue. In Israel, which has the highest standard of medical education in the Middle East, okay, you cannot go to university and you can certainly not go to the faculty of medicine or dentistry in Israel unless you are fluent, fluent in English, not just literate, but conversantly fluent in English. They don't see English as a problem. They see it as an asset because most medical journals and most medical textbooks are published in English. Most academic papers and medical research are published in English. They see English as an asset. This moron, this subhuman moron, this bigot, this anti-Christian, anti-white bigot says that English speaking is privilege and it's not fair. Yeah. You know, Jacob, speaking as a as Latin American person, you know, when people went to school and wanted to practice medicine, they had to learn English. It, it, it was to. mandatory because you couldn't had practice to. it. Yeah. It, it and it was it was actually a blessing to go to an English speaking university because you actually be able to learn English, learn the medicine and practice it. Correct. Correct. You know, Marco, uh on the transgender thing stuff. Anybody that's ever studied mythology, Greek, uh, Babylonian, and everything, you'll see a lot of the gods did transform. One of the famous ones nowadays is a guy named Loki. He often disguised himself as a woman. You have Canon. Canon Cameron uh, was a man that's now a woman. So this has been from the beginning Satan's plan as to yeah, destroy to and tell people they can change and everything and the ability of the internet to help facilitate this. Uh, I mean, especially within the Greek gods, the homosexuality, the changing of genders, going, I can't remember the guy, he would go into a pool, he came out of hermaphrodite, you know, and, and you know, so there's all these stories. Uh, so probably, Jacob, I, I know you've been studying Maccabees, that's part of that deviation that entered into man, I think. You know? Of course it is. But let's remember the book of Romans, the first century. Yeah. The Emperor Caligula, he had a child of one gender, yeah. of one sex, <laughs> legally proclaimed to be the yeah. opposite yeah. sex. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, so, this happened in pagan Rome. Yeah. yeah. Greece, everywhere, all the, the early Christians gods. were up against the same, in the first century, the early Christians were up against what we're up against. Yeah. yeah. Only now it's more widespread and public and pushed by the internet and corrupt governments such Correct. as China and things like this Correct. to destroy the West. Correct. Racism in Harvard, MIT, Penn, now John Hopkins with the DEI stuff. I mean, these are major institutions. These were the major, major institutions in America for higher, higher education. Destroyed. Destroyed. Completely destroyed. Right. Yep. Yep. And all because they're trying to be, you know, DEI, which is, again, it's a globalist idea. Now they're def- redefining privilege and things like that. Uh, Jacob, real quick, let's let's switch gears to an even more bizarre story. And, and everybody can comment on this. It's the secret tunnels found in New York and <laughs> Brooklyn uh, under a synagogue, the Chabad Lubavitch World Headquarters, unbeknownst to the organizational leaders, they say, 
these young men were studying there and all of a sudden these tunnels uh, are found because they had been digging for some time and now there's some structural damage. An engineer came in and says, we got to fill it in. This is illegal. You can't do it. And they found mattresses and high chairs and children's toys. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre story. I admit, I don't even know what to say about it except for what in the world is going on under that uh, Lubavitch Chabad there. Now, there's been some history there with Satmar and, and, and some investigators for child abuse and some bathhouses there. This has been on for some time, but this one's unique because underground tunnels, you couldn't make it up. It is absolutely true that there has been a lot, and there is a lot, of molestation of children, particularly of a homosexual nature in yeshivas mm. by rabbis and so forth, molesting nothing on the scale of the Roman Catholic Church, but the same thing, clerical abuse, going on in yeshivas. Unbelievable. Definitely it's gone on, and it's always gone on to some degree. The Satmar sect, which is anti-Israel, anti-Zionist, mm. and the Lubavitch, which are not, these two rival sects hate each other, hate each other. The Setmar esteem a dead rabbi called Teitelbaum, and the Lubavitch esteem a dead rabbi called Menachem Schneerson. But they hate each other, yet they're both digging tunnels. <laughs> um, to escape enduring pogroms. Yes. Now, you have to understand the mentality, the cultural psyche of these people. Their mind is not the modern world. Their mind is Fiddler on the Roof, the shtetls of Eastern Europe of the 17, early 1800s. You go to Israel, you look at their neighborhoods like B'nai Brak and Meir Sharim, they're like shtetls. It's literally like fiddler on the roof. Mm. That's their mentality, where they were always afraid of pogroms. In Israel, they look upon secular Jews the way they looked upon non-Jews, the goys, in the diaspora in Eastern Europe. <laughs> That's what they do. We don't have enough goys. Well, we'll just call the secular Jews. They'll be like the goys. That's how they think. <laughs> this is in Brooklyn, it is in Antwerp, Belgium, it is in Stamford Hill in London, it is their mentality. We also have to remember something, that these people are Kabbalists. They are occult practitioners. They believe in the Zohar. These are occultists who are in these sects based on the reincarnated spirit of the founder of the Hasidic movement called Baal Shem Tov. Many of their ideas are more Hinduistic than Jen than Jewish, oh. Oh. Um, but I don't want to go into explaining it too much. Nonetheless, um, in this cult, it doesn't matter what it is. They believe only the Rebbe, the Tzaddik, the righteous one, their Rabbi, who has the reincarnated spirit of Baal Shem Tov, and that's why they hate each other. Our Rabbi has the spirit of the, of the Besh. No, ours does. That's part of the hatred <laughs> between the sects, particularly between Lubavitch and Setmar, whose who's Rebbe had the real spirit. Well, anyway, um, in this cultic mentality that's saturated in the occult, Kabbalah, if a rabbi told one of those guys or told all of them to go stand on your head in Macy's window in Manhattan, they would do it. <laughs> they would do something no matter how irrational 
because they believe that the Rebbe hears directly from God. He's like their Pope. You hear from God through him, not through the Torah. Only he can understand the Torah by virtue of having the spirit of the Beshk. You have to understand the Torah through what he says about it and other rabbis say about it. Crazy. So Crazy. this cult leader, this cult leader, and there's different Hasidic sects. There's Bells, there's Babov, there's Vizhnitz, there's different, there's Gur, there's different ones. What the Rebbe, they call their rabbis Rebbe. What their Rebbe says, that's the word of God to them. They wow. will stand on their head and do it. Ooh. Just like the people who followed T.B. Joshua in Ooh. Africa. That, the, that kind, <laughs> that kind of control. Yeah. That kind of craziness. The Jim Jones stuff. Uh, yeah. in, that kind of fanaticism. If he says to do it, that's the word of God and they'll do it. So mm. a rabbi tells them to do something irrational or that is rational in the mind of the Rebbe. They will do it. They don't have to have a reason. The reason is the Rebbe said to do it. That's the reason. <laughs> you got some crazy. Go ahead, David. Go ahead. Oh, what well, one concerning thing that came out of this during the week too is look, this main mainstream media here, and I think it's a it was a deliberate ploy. It, it also fuels the anti-Semitism. Uh, but what one thing that concerns me too is look, the anti-Semitism in the church that's getting fueled by things like this too where they'll point the finger you know and they'll use situations like this to cast a bad light on all of israel or all the jews yes. um but just as you were talking about tb joshua you were talking about the catholic church um look we need to look at ourselves as a church too uh those who are using this to kind of say that oh you know we shouldn't be supporting is Israel, that kind of thing, you know, we're complicit in genocide and all the rest of it. You need to have a hard look at the church just because there are people who um, do the wrong thing. It doesn't demonize a whole group. Uh, we don't demonize the whole church just because the Catholic Church is doing the wrong thing. We, we have right. bad people like C.B. Joshua and Hillsong. Right. We, we need to realize yeah. you don't demonize... Yeah a whole whole group. So yeah. just the anti-Semitism has been concerning me over the, this whole thing. Yes, but this is something that is not peculiar to most Jews. It's only these Hasidic sects. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, even even most that... Orthodox Jews are not Hasids. Yeah, yeah. Despite their high birth rate. Yeah, this is in Crown Heights. This is, you know, yeah. the area really well, Jacob. Eastern Parkway. Eastern Parkway. Yeah, this is, and they, they began to riot when the police showed up. Yeah. Because the police said this is illegal, you can't do this, and they went nuts. They went nuts on the police, and, and obviously these tunnels they said connected them to mikvahs, which were, <laughs> and, and to the women's portion of you know seven seventy Crown Heights. So it, it's it's really a bizarre story, and, and uh, but that tells you something about the Jewish mindset here in, in this particular ones. Oh, well, they're trying to escape persecution. They're trying to think that this is something's coming oh, into David's point. Not the Jewish mindset, the Hasidic mindset. Yeah, this particular Jewish, yeah, this particular Jewish mindset uh, that um, believe that there's some kind of persecution that's coming. They they didn't say it specifically that they they fear for their lives, but they're saying that they they want to be, they're concerned that they won't be able to practice their faith. 
That yeah. was one of the way concerned to practice her faith. So uh, allegedly extended to the Mi'kmaq on Kingston Avenue, on Kingston Avenue, uh, which you know the area really where Eastern Parkway to Kingston Avenue. So uh, bizarre stuff. Lubavitch, well, yeah. it's, it, they've always been bizarre. The Lubavitch Asana, they've always been bizarre. We just posted, or I think James has posted it, up on the Moriel, on Moriel TV, something about a rabbi who they're all following now, saying he's a messiah, like they said about Schneerson. Yeah. And um, it's 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 what Davey said. The Christian commentator was trying to ascribe this lunacy to all Jews. Right. When it was just the ultra-Orthodox. Yes, absolutely. And it, it, it's a bizarre world. It is a bizarre yeah. world. Oh, it is. To Israel, they've seen it. New York, seen it. And you you actually been there quite often. And uh, it does paint the picture, and this is uh, to Davy's point. Davy, correct me if I'm wrong. It does paint the picture that, well, look at the Jews, look what they're doing. This is who they are. We we have to do something about the Jewish problem. But in reality, obviously, it doesn't help, you know, with the anti-Semitism in the world. But the reality, these people are absolute, uh, you know, uh, what do we call them? Gnostics, occultists. Yes. Uh, has nothing to do with the Old Testament or the New Testament. So uh, I guess we'll find out more because, as you said, the Satmar were in some kind of scandal. I think it was late uh, late 1990, early 2000 with some bathhouses and some of the kids that were, even the FBI yeah. got involved in this. So more of that to come. But I did want to swing it back to probably the, 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 the most pressing thing right now, Jacob, is the world's at war. The, the world's at war. Let's not mince words about it. People are trying to say, well, it's not that bad. Ecuador is in a bloody civil war right now. Guyana and Venezuela are going at it. The U.S. troops are being sent there. The president in Ecuador signed an executive order. The cartels are taking over TV stations, killing cops, kidnapping them. It is civil war. It is martial law. But that's just not that's just one place. We're going to get to the war in, 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 in Yemen, the U.S. and the U.K. bombing uh, Yemen, uh, Houthi targets there. Uh, let's start with Ecuador and, and South America. This is the second thing that's happening there, along with the war in Venezuela and Guyana. Now Ecuador. Jacob, we're starting to see the world unraveling in wars and much more than rumors. You're seeing a breakdown in both Guayaquil and in Quito, in the two main cities. Yeah. Urban breakdown. But now it's begun to go into El Campo, into the into the country. Field, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. So it, it may have been urban in its epicenter, but now it's spread nationally. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got the the people in El Campo, Los Piones. You know, they're being caught up in this kind of thing, apparently. But it's difficult to get a political ideology. They just seem to be cartels. Yeah, um, it is. On power. Yeah. It's... It, it, you can't say like in Peru they have the shining path. They were left wing communists and things <laughs> like this. In Ecuador, it's difficult to make out what their ideology is. Yeah, why they're doing it, except for criminal gangs wanting power. Yep, yeah, they're upset that the president actually signed his executive order to apprehend them all and treat them like terrorists. And so, this twenty drug trafficking gangs are 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 considered terrorist organizations, and they're running mayhem. Yeah, yeah, they're they're running mayhem, and uh, of course here years that they took over the port of city of Guayaquil on a studio, waving yeah. guns and explosives, and it just bizarre. It looked like a dystopian novel. Like but it also does it. It's further indictment of the Biden administration and Mayorkas. It shows it. you that narco terrorism is terrorism. 
They're running it's, the show. It's the same as Islamic terrorism. Narco-terrorism yeah. is just terrorism. It's just another form of terrorism, and he's failing to protect the borders from terrorists. Yeah. It just shows you why he should be impeached and Mayorkas should be impeached. Well, um, absolutely. Kidnapping police officers, shooting yeah. them, killing them. I mean, it is, it, 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 it's going crazy. I put it this way, it's going crazy. There's no stability. Look, at Mendelin in Colombia, similar things have happened, only it didn't engulf the whole nation. It was more in Mendelin, Cartagena, Mendelin, than yeah. in Bogota. Right. Ecuador, and it's happened in Mexico along the borders, oh, you man. know, in Juarez and places like that, in Tijuana. But Ecuador, now it's consumed the whole country. Yeah, it's collapsing into anarchy, state of emergency. Uh, but let's talk about Yemen real quick, because on the other side of the world, U.S. and U.K. bombing Houthi targets. Obviously, yeah. they've been at it in the Red Sea for some time. We reported it here. Uh, they've launched multiple strikes onto uh, the Iranian-backed Houthis, as well as the airport. Uh, they killed about 11 of members of the movement. So uh, yet you see big protests, big, big uh, protests in uh, in Sana'a uh, as they go at Israel, yeah. as they go at the U.S. and, and the U.K., so where do we go from here, Jacob? It looks like this is going to be the beginning of an escalation. Well, again, it is an indictment of Joe Obama, of the Biden administration, and Obama, his mentor. Um, it was Biden who took the Houthis off the terrorist watch list. They were listed as a terrorist organization. But to please Iran, to whom he's given hundreds of billions of dollars, in funding by unfrozen assets, Biden or Joe Obama, to please Iran, took these Houthis off the terrorist watch list, despite Thanks. the fact Thanks, that they killed quarter of a million Arabs. Yeah. They killed a quarter of a million Arabs and attacked Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And despite this, and he takes them off the terrorist watch list. This yeah, is Dick Sullivan, this is Blinken, this is Austin, this is <clears throat> Harris, and this is Biden. This is the kind of garbage, insane garbage, we have running the country. Yeah. But look at something else. While this is happening, <clears throat> while they're disrupting shipping, shipping, going through the Red Sea to the Suez Canal, and, and, and to Eilat, and to Aquaba and Jordan, while this has happened, while American and British ships are, are firing missiles, intercepting drones that are basically being fired by Houthis who are Iranian proxies, while this is happening, the Secretary of Defense, number two under the functionally under the Commander-in-Chief, the Secretary of Defense is in intensive care, and the President doesn't know it. <laughs> that's not a joke that's actually true she doesn't know that the secretary of defense is in intensive care and walter reed medical center he doesn't know it while this is going on you couldn't you couldn't imagine yet there's so many stupid stupid people of subhuman intelligence who would still vote for him yeah well, in Biden's defense, I don't think he know what knows what year it is, let alone if Floyd uh, yeah. Austin is in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, Iran, Syria, and pro-Iranian groups in Iraq declare unconditional support uh, yes. for Yemen and 
against Saudi Arabia in the UAE and Qatar because uh, they're going to provide airspace for the American attack and the British attack. So uh, this is unraveling very quickly, Jacob. Uh, there's other countries that have uh, come into the fray, Canada, Netherlands, uh, who else came in? Australia, Bahrain are all supporting and joining the strikes against the Houthi rebels. So you got this centripetal force, the Middle East bringing all these... Notice the morons of the administration have not put the Houthis back on the terror list. They should have done that some time ago. Yeah. They never should have been off it. Now, Jacob, what do you think would happen uh, because of the strikes, U.S., U.K., Canada, and the Netherlands? What can the Houthi reaction look like uh, or the Iranian reaction look like and, and how they can escalate? These people are trying to take out a polar bear with a pea shooter. You're wasting your time. I'm not saying that you shouldn't counterattack the Houthis or Hezbollah or Hamas, but the only way you're going to solve the problem is to take out Iran, unless you take out the mullahs, unless you take out the Iranian development of plutonium enrichment, unless you take out Cog Island and devastate their economy unless you take out the Revolutionary Guards, unless you go for Iran itself, its Navy, its military, and its nuclear development, unless you kill the mullahs. You're well, that's not going to happen. Time. Obama's you're wasting. No, it's not going to happen because Obama's given the money. Yeah. So we're in, for, we're in for a long haul here. Let's understand something. Biden and Obama funded this. Billions. Hundreds of billions. With the beef, Between yeah. Obama and Biden, $300 billion in unfrozen assets plus. And then yeah, take the cookies off the terror list. Yeah. yeah it, it, there's been some reports already. Explosion at U.S. Embassy in Baghdad in Iraq. Uh, Houthi's deputy minister. Our country has been subjected to aggressive attack. American and British ships. Prepare London. Prepare Washington for what's coming. I don't know. Sleeper cells, Jacob. What do you think? Well, when you've got politicians from George Bush to Bill Clinton to Barack Obama to Biden giving them visas, it's a reasonable expectation that that could happen. When Donald Trump tried to ban immigration from Islamic countries until they could be vetted, he was called a racist. Hmm. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he banned the coming in seven countries, in seven Muslim he countries. He tried to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is where Chuck Schumer was crying. He came out and he was just crying with, with the yeah. Muslim community. I don't want to see any Jews get killed by Muslims. But if a Jew gets killed by Muslims, I hope the first one they get is that guy because he's a traitor to the United States and he's a traitor to the Jewish people. Now he's crying that there's anti-Semitism in the country. Did he just realize that? Did he just wake and, up? He, he's the one who brought the anti-Semites in. Yeah. It just, you know, create the problem, have the solution. Look, and I pray to God no Jews get killed. Or if they get any Jew, I hope it's him. Chuck Schumer. Millions fill the street in, in Yemen. Houthi rebels promise revenge. Uh, I think we're in for a lot more and a lot worse than what people think. This is, uh, this yeah. is Iran. Well, this is sponsored terrorism. You know, unless you're willing to carpet bomb them with white phosphorus and napalm, you're wasting your time. China comes out and says, hey, regarding the strike in Yemen, 
Let's have some calm. Let's have some restraint. Now, this is comical coming from China, but uh, the Red Sea is a region that's important to us. Uh, that is true. International logistics and energy trade. Uh, China trying to broker peace. Jacob, what do you think? Yeah, it's always trying to play a political card and put itself in a position to displace the United States as the as the superpower and the power broker. Don't forget, China has a naval base in Djibouti. Djibouti it has a naval base right there. Hmm. Hmm. What about Erdogan? He says that they're trying to turn the Red Sea into a sea of blood. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a dictator himself, but he says uh, this is against Israel. They're turning against Gaza. So we have to turn against Israel. And he's quoting about what's happening at the at the Hague. We'll talk about well, that his, in a moment. His colleague already gave that speech and dropped dead, remember? Yeah. yeah. That, yeah may, he cur- be, may he be the first of many. Yeah, he cursed Israel and he died. Bizarre. Just a bizarre turn of events. But it, it, it is what happens. International Court of Justice at Hague. Um, Erdogan is all over that. He says we need to condemn Israel, continue to condemn Israel. But it's not the only place. We'll get to that in a moment. Sweden army chief warns and prepares citizens in Sweden for a war. It's talking about the war with Russia. So helping them build the total defense, municipal uh, offices, uh, provide shelter points, emergency water, food supply. Sweden continues this course. They believe a war with Russia is coming on top of another war, on top of another war. So Finland-Russia border will remain closed because there's illegal immigrants coming through the border into Finland. They don't want that. Jacob, it just seems like a powder keg from Europe to the illegal migration here to uh, the Middle East. Obviously, the focus of scriptures in the Middle East. But um, how are Christians to relate to this? And what are we to do with this, with, with these kinds of news? I mean, it panics people. Wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not shaken, Jesus said. That's right. Amen. Now, That's what's right. really, really interesting is that Finland... was Finlandized. It was neutral during the Cold War. Yeah. Because it lost territory in its previous conflict with Stalin. Sweden allowed Hitler to march through Sweden to attack and invade Norway. Mm. Mm. These guys didn't want war. Under Olaf Palma, who was assassinated in Stockholm, Sweden went to the extreme political left. It was not a NATO, nothing like that. These countries now, who were the most non-militaristic in Europe, Finland and Sweden, who were the most non-militaristic countries in Northern Europe, they were not in NATO, are becoming the most outspokenly militarized in their opposition to Putin. Mm. That was an unpredictable turning of events. It's it it reverses the history of most of the 20th century. Hmm. That is really interesting. Christoph, real quick, uh, I know where you live in Poland. It's not that far from where we're talking about. What's yeah. the uh, what's the thinking there? I know you got the new party coming in and all that stuff with the new prime minister. But what's the thinking there regarding the, the war? I mean, Sweden and Finland. Uh, I think you just go across the 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 the, the sea there, and you're in uh, in Sweden. Finland's not too far, obviously. Uh, Belarus and some of the Eastern European countries are right there. But what's the general feeling there with Russia, the aggression, and the war, and seemingly NATO with Sweden and Finland expanding there? Actually, due to uh, the government situation that is changing right now in Poland, 
Uh, we have no many news about that, what is going on in Sweden and Finland due to a Russia conflict. Well, thing is like this, uh, many throughout many centuries, the borders of our country was changing many times and all the time. Hmm. Uh, lately, we have heard that Putin, uh, uh, Vladimir Putin said that he's ready to attack Poland due yes. to the uh, Belarusian uh, border. Uh, and he was reminding that, uh, for example, Stalin uh, uh, gave a gift to Poland, which is the western side of the Poland, which was earlier always belonged to the Germany, right? right. But he didn't mention that at the same time, uh, Stalin took many areas from our east side of Poland, Eastern right? <laughs> I am, for example, an example of that because, you know, uh, uh, I was born in Poznań, which is middle west side in Poland, but my grandfather was from Vilnius in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. And my grand-grandfather was from Grodno, which is in Belarus. Belarus, yeah, yeah. So now we can see that many people were moving uh, after the Second World War to the Western part, because we had to, because we had to leave our homes and we need to mm. move to the Western side of Poland because Stalin did it. And now, for example, Mr. Putin says that he's going to protect all the territories that always belong to the Russia, right? Oh. So, you know, this is really crazy thing. Mm. Uh, many countries are divided, right? The situation is changing with the Russia, we can see it in the Ukraine. This is unbelievable how many people from Ukraine are in Poland right now. Wow. Wherever you go, you can hear them. You know, I'm very glad that they are here. We help them to find the jobs. We help them to find the homes so they could normal live here as a normal people because there's no n- normal life now. But, you know, only 80 years ago, many nations said, never again, war, yeah. never again. What is going on right now throughout the world, not only in Sweden, yeah. not only in Belarus, not only between Poland and Belarus, we can see it all around the world. So it is not going to be peace, peace, but there is no peace. We can read in Jeremiah, right? Amen. So there will Amen. be no peace until Jesus comes here. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Very, How very quickly, much. Lord Jesus. Amen. They actually said this will be the war to end all wars. <laughs> that's right. 20 years later, exactly. they were fighting Germany again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Should have read his Bible. Yeah, yeah. Now, now speaking of it, real quick, we'll come back to Europe in one, but I, I did want to touch on the Hague in the International Court of Justice. You got some of these justices, I think there's 17 of them, one of them falling asleep when he, they're, they're reading all these condemnations against Israel from South Africa by all, by all people, talking about genocide. Um, Jacob, what do you think? This is uh, 17 of them, one is falling asleep, but uh, I guess they got to condemn Israel, whether you're sleeping or not, you got to condemn them. First of all, it's a useless, ridiculous, powerless institution that doesn't really matter. It only has political clout, no judicial clout. And many countries, in effect, ignore it. Um, And I don't blame them. I know where it is. It's in in The Hague. Um, 
the hypocrisy of the South African government. Desmond Tutu was a man I did not like theologically, but he was one of the primary leaders and the primary quote-unquote religious leader in the crusade against apartheid in South Africa. The ANC came to power. Before Tutu died, he denounced the ANC and he admitted that South Africa was a nation that replaced one evil with another. At least I don't like Tutu, but theologically, he was into the ordination of lesbian priestesses and all of this stuff, and he was no friend of Israel. I didn't like him. But he admitted how corrupt the ANC was and that they're responsible for the oppression of the South African people. Under the ANC, black unemployment in South Africa has more than doubled. Infant mortality has increased. Longevity has decreased. And the corruption and bankruptcy of one enterprise and industry after another that the government has taken over and pilfered, including ESCOM, the National Electricity Company, um, People are stealing streetlights to get the copper wiring. People are stealing red lights as traffic semaphores. They call them robots in South Africa to get the copper wiring um, from scrap dealers. That's how bad it's become. The whole country is breaking down. And to divert attention from the failure of the ANC and its corruption, Zuma, Raposa, and now Malima, who's a vicious Hitler-esque racist. Yeah, he is. To divert attention from their own crimes against their own people, white and black, they have to find some external villain to divert people's attention. It's Israel who's responsible for the injustice. It's what Israel's doing to the Palestinians. This is like the apartheid. We're still fighting apartheid. Because after 20 years, they have failed to deliver what they promised. They have to keep yelling apartheid, apartheid, and apartheid. Well, apartheid has been gone 20 years in South Africa, and the country's worse off than it was under apartheid, and I was against the apartheid. After 20 years, they still have to yell apartheid because everything gets worse and worse under the ANC. Mm. Well, how do you yell apartheid when there is none? Oh, we'll go find another apartheid and we'll accuse Israel of it. That is mm. what's happening. Mm. And of course, they're lying. Yeah. They're presenting bogus yeah. evidence. Yeah. What do you think about Blinken and Cameron putting pressure on Israel on this? Uh not about the Hague, but just putting pressure on Israel about you got to stop, you got to stop, you got to stop. Uh, I'm also trying to say that perhaps a coalition or perhaps the Palestinian Authority can reassert the power that it had in 2005 in Gaza as the governing authority instead of Hamas. Don't forget Fatah, who controls the Palestinian Authority, Fatah, Arafat's people. Like Hamas, only before Hamas, they embezzled billions, billions of international aid.
from the United States, from Europe, from the Gulf states, billions that was given to develop an infrastructure in Gaza as the embryo of a Palestinian, quote-unquote, Palestinian state. They stole the money. The people then voted for Hamas in reaction. Iran becomes involved, and there's a civil war between Hamas and the Hezbollah. 8,000, 8,000 Gazans killed, for which some crooked journalists like Robert Frisk blamed Israel. Good Lord. He's gone, thank heavens. Well, anyway, for purely political reasons, the Palestinian Authority has backed Hamas. They're backing the attack, the terrorist attack, when Hamas broke the ceasefire that existed up until the 6th of October. They're backing them. Not only that, they have no democratic mandate. They haven't had an election in years and years and years. They are not a legitimate government. They're in violation of the Oslo agreements. They're in violation of international law. They are not democratically elected. Yet, the Biden administration and Cameron want to put them in power in Gaza. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's let's do something that does not work and it's absolutely going to result in the destruction of people from Gaza. I wonder if this is God's judgment on Austin. Mm. <laughs> mm. Very interesting. Uh Jacob real quick and um just want to finish real quick because we have one more subject uh before we get into backstage. Uh I did want to thank everyone who's watching. And those who are watching live and those who will watch later, uh, welcome to Catching Up. And we're finishing uh, our Catching Up with Jacob. And we have Christoph here. And David Lister is back. And uh, and the rest of the crew's here. So it, it's been pretty fun. It's been pretty fun. We've been over an hour already. I just want to make sure that uh, everyone knows that we're going to be going on backstage talking about the Who and the Treaty, not the music group, but the actual uh, people that are trying to kill people, the Who. It would have been more fun. It would have been more fun. You're right. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we'll talk about that in uh, uh, some, some really critical information. But I did want to swing it back to Europe. And, and before we get into Poland, uh, Chris, if you can talk a little bit about this, what's going on in Germany, what's going on in Belgium, what's going on in the Netherlands, farmers uprising and also Italy. Uh, but this one in Germany, they blockade Berlin other places, protests, increased fuel taxes through the roof, more carbon taxes like Canada. Uh, they're not being, uh, this is this story is not even covered by the mainstream media in Germany. No more money to Ukraine. They're upset with Olaf. This is not the first time, but it's increasingly being known that in Germany, as well as in Europe, the rest of Europe, that there is an attack on farmers who ultimately produce the food that we need for the rest of Europe. Uh, what What is the news coming out of Poland regarding this? Because I don't think Poland has this kind of problem just yet. But And then we'll get into the, 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 the globalist uh, uh, government that has come in with Tusk. So uh, speak about the German one, your thoughts on that, uh, some, somebody from Poland looking into that. Actually, my sister lives in Germany for oh. almost... 30 oh. years, yes. Oh, my. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And oh. I believe in 1920, uh, 1992, 
friends there and she got married over there and uh, usually they come here to you know uh, visit us three times a year and we visit wow. them so we can see from the inside that uh, the situation is in Poland were was for last years was closed for Europe right and the situation is like this that uh, uh, Poland uh, tried the Polish government tried to separate Poland from the European Union actually uh, do not uh, connect in with other part of the Europe anyway, because they didn't want to, you know, uh, connect with Russia. They didn't want to connect with Europe. And we actually do not, you know, recognize the problem here in Poland as the, you, you, uh, the Western European does. So um, we'll see what happens now because the government is changing and the things are changing really fast. So we think and we uh, hope that the European Union will connect again. The Poland will connect with the European again and we will have the support that European does. That is really interesting because uh, the, the, the the farmer thing to me is it's, it's a real problem because this is again an EU, UN, WF, uh, mandate to really, for the sake of the environment, try to destroy the food supply, which makes no sense on an average level. On an average level, it makes no sense. Why would you want to cut off the food supply from people, especially the Netherlands, who produces a lot of food in, in Germany and um, not so much in Poland? I don't know if there's that kind of that call for environmental changes in Poland just yet. Uh, could you see that, Christoph? Yes, I can. Um, I can tell that uh, we do not recognize this issue yet here, as the Western European does. Yeah. Uh, for example, I have a friend. This is a Christian. This is a brother in Christ. Uh, he's living two hundred kilometers from the place I live in, and they have a congregation. And once, because uh, he has his own company, and he he, for example, as a uh, collaborated with the farmerists uh, said one one day that the the government was working many ways to stop producing food but in wow. Poland yes but in Poland is not recognized yet like, like in Western Europe huh. that is very fascinating uh, the, the, ultimately what, what do you think it's gonna happen there uh, Christoph with the farmers' rebellion in the Netherlands was squelched not, not too long after. I mean, there's still some trying to say what needs to be said, but now that they have a, a, a Gert Wilders in there, now that there's a new uh, prime minister there, it's sort of calmed down somewhat to a certain degree. Not Germany. Olaf seems to be heading down this road. Uh, but do you think they're going to get away with, you know, taking over the farms? I mean, it almost sounds like the communist idea of everything has to be owned by the government. Uh, do you think they're going to go in that direction? I'm not sure yet now because you know yeah. the situation is really uh, fast forward uh, happening uh, right now, and we do not know actually what the new government will do in Poland mm. with yeah. with this issue. We uh, we uh, we hear about the uh, television problem. We hear about the uh, the problem with wood uh, changing the uh, oh. parties uh, are. Um, trying to sell the woods in Poland, you know, to the private sector. So mm. this is the thing that is uh, on the top right now. But yeah. what about the farmers? We'll see in the future. Yeah. So the potential for civil war 
in Poland seems to be the, the headlines right now. And I don't know whether to believe it or not, but this is why we wanted to talk to you for some time that, uh, you know, because it's been coming on. It's been coming on slowly. There's been some significant development, though, on political strife. Can you comment a little bit, get us caught up on that, uh, Christoph? Donald Tusk and the, and the president, uh, the Duda, is that his last name? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. Andrzej Duda. Andre Duda and and some of the prime uh, some of the MPs that have been uh, that were arrested, uh, Tuss saying this is the end of the eight year nationalism. I guess he wants globalism, uh, more LGBTQ, more abortion, more of this, more of that. But you can uh, you can speak about it a lot better than I can. So go ahead, brother. First of all, I would like to share with you that that all of them are self called Christians. Hmm. No. Okay. Yeah. This is this is this is amazing. What yeah. what kind of Christianity we have here? Oh. I believe that you know the um, the spectrum of the Christianity around the world is really really uh, wide, and also we can see in Poland that all those parties, for example, Prawo and Sprawiedliwość, this name of the party uh, which was uh, running our country for last eight years is uh, the name of the party is driven out from the Bible, from the Ezekiel, for example, law and the judgment. Huh. So this is the original name of the party that was running the country for last eight years. But, you know, they were connected with the uh, Catholic uh, Church in Poland directly because they have votes from there. Mm. Of course, government has, has the money and the church has numbers. So the people, old people, especially old people going to the church, they were voting for their, for this uh, government that was running the country for the last eight years. Unfortunately, I believe that government is responsible for uh, productivity, for uh, development of the um, businesses. You know, to, in a democratic country, we need to earn money to have the normal life. Yeah. And to do the moral thing. This is this is the thing that should be separated. So the government should be separated from the church, and the church should uh, bring the moral issues into our families. And the government is responsible to the productivity of the country. Unfortunately, Pravo and Spravedlivosh could not do it. Hmm. They could to take something they couldn't earn to give people. They would vote for them. So many, many uh, uh, helps, programs for helping old people, for example. Many people, uh, I give you an example. One day, once uh, came uh, to me um, a friend and said, look out, the Pravo and Spravedlivosh is really good here because they give, for example, um, uh, how you call it? Uh, uh, tablets uh, in aptech, uh, up, uh, aptech, um, sorry for my English, I'm Don't lack worry. of words sometimes. Yeah, uh, I mean, some medicines. Oh, yeah, buy some medicines. All people need many medicines, right? Yeah, and many medicines are for free for those people. And uh, up some kind of age, they promised medicine for free, and this is you. this is wonderful. But thing is that someone needs to earn for that. Many taxes went up. You mm. know, the program uh, for the entrepreneurs were very difficult, you know, to build the business. Many, I run my own business and I can 
and I can feel on myself, like, uh, for example, taxes for me uh, raised up mm, a lot. Mm-hmm. So we can see that the small businesses are killed in, Pol- in Poland mm-hmm. and uh, the government expects us, you know, to bring more money so they could give more money. More money. <laughs> so this is so this is the program that we have seen for last eight years. Uh, good to know that uh, the society has seen that and uh, the people uh, went to the last election we had in October last year and the coalition won this uh, election and mm. now we have the changing, you know, but the, the our society is really divided, mm. really. This is left side and right side. Many people are for this. Many people for are for the new situation, for the new government that we have now. And the funny thing is that all of them calling themselves Christians, but wow. they do not. You know, they are going to the church. We can see them on the television that those are in the church, those are in the church, and we can see what they are doing with the country. So the people are divided. Instead of joining all the society in Christ, we are divided between wow. those rights or those prohibitions. This wow. is the situation in Poland right now. Yeah, the, the two members that were arrested, uh, Kaminsky and Wasik, I think they, they went into the sanctuary of the presidential palace. There's a sanctuary. They were still arrested. Uh, and you were talking earlier about the fact that it was almost a demonstration, that there is no safety. We can arrest you anywhere. Yes. This is true because the situation is very uh, was very um, on a high level, and President Andrzej Duda invited uh, Wojciech and Kaminski to his uh, palace, and uh, all the government and the police uh, police side was waiting um, uh, for this uh, for the moment that uh, Andrzej Duda went outside of the palace, and immediately they ran into inside the palace and they were arrested so wow. nowadays they are they are uh, still in the prison we are waiting what duda will do what the situation will do well the thing is that all the situation uh comes from the year 2007 because in in 2007 there was a land scandal in poland and uh, wow. through the inside offices of the government we actually do not know what happened that they are uh, wow. uh, accused for now. So actually, we do not have many information why they're accused. Andrzej Duda wants to uh, let them free, so they are still fighting. And the uh, one one more thing I would like to mention, that Andrzej Duda is from the Prawo and Sprawiedliwość. He is the only uh, person that has a power right now in the parliament oh. because he's a president. Because yeah. most of the parliament uh, belongs right now to a coalition, to the opposition that was in opposition for the last eight, eight years. Eight years, So, yeah. exactly. So, uh, the society is divided. Some of them are waiting for the changings, for the liberal changing right. uh, and coming back to the Europe. Yeah, that's people, a big issue. As, yeah. Yes, this is a big issue, correct? And some, uh, especially the older uh, part of the society, would like to get back Prava and Spravedlivos. Yeah, that's a more nationalist idea. Now, there's been some protest. People have been protest. It seems like you talked about earlier just to be so divided. 
and it just seems to be the younger people are are, are more for the EU and going in that direction. If that were to happen, uh, Christoph, do you see an increase in abortion, LGBTQ rights, and 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 just flooding immigration? I know you talk about there's been always been some form of immigration, but you see it increasing with the new globalist idea of Tusk. Yes, I can see that a lot. Actually, the freedom that uh, is um, right now, we can see in the streets. Many teenagers are coming back with the bags, for example, with six color rainbows. Oh. We can see the flags on the uh, balcons uh, in the many buildings. Mm. We can see, for example, mats that we have. Uh, we can see in front of the houses uh, when you go in, inside where you can uh, brush your shoes, for example. Yeah, many of them are six color rainbows with uh, with the writing love. You know what is love? What is love? Yeah, love without uh, truth. This is not the real love. We can read right. uh, about real love, which was Je- uh, Jesus was praying uh, for, for example, yes. in seventeenth uh, chapter of uh, uh, John's Gospel, for example. Right. So we need to know that. There is no love without truth. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. As I uh, remember correct, in uh, early 17th uh, century, there were Puritans which were running away from Great Britain to America. One way, because of the Catholic Church and the Anglican Church in Great Britain, and they were running away with Bible to you. This is the beginning where, for example, John Harvard started his university. Yes. And uh, when he died, as far as I know, his uh, motto were learn children, Christ, church, truth. Yes. And that, that was the beginning of the motto of the Harvard University. Today, what is the motto of the Harvard University? We can find that there's truth. Mm. That's it. Yeah. So I believe that uh, first democracy, uh, first uh, country, United States, which was built on the Bible and the Bible uh, values was uh, the beginning of the... uh, how to say, uh, I believe that you know what I mean, that this was the beginning of the democracy in the world. Now, right. we as Europe, and as a Central Europe, we would like to follow you. But when we can see in, med- in media uh, what is going on in the United States, this is great privilege that we can be a part of you, of you what you are doing, because you are showing the right picture of freedom in Christ, because the world and none of politicians manage with that. None of politicians will bring peace in the world. None of politicians can uh, connect the country and uh, uh, split its society to connect in one again. They always will fight for things that they think that are okay. And the main thing that I can see in our country, for example, I can see that they are yelling at each other, they are fighting for the issues that are important for them, and they all call themselves Christians. This is, Unbelievable. This is amazing. 
you know, Chris, I wanted to ask you, the, the evangelical church, the small remnant that's there, because obviously it's a Catholic right. country and a small minority of evangelical uh, believers, uh, what does it look like for them? I mean, if you were to give an encouraging word or, well, well two things, what, the landscape for believers, number one, and then an encouraging word for them in terms of this turmoil that's going on and, and the changing of the guards, as it were. Uh, what does a Christian look forward to? Obviously, the coming of Jesus. But in the meantime, what would be your encouragement to them? Uh, so let's start with the landscape, and then we'll move on to the encouragement. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that our responsibility is to have the knowledge from the Bible. We need to have the knowledge to for the right discernment because none of the politicians or the people that are trying to find the knowledge in the world will find the right discernment this is our all this is uh, uh, this, this is the problem of our of all of us so the thing is that uh, i believe that like we can see we can read in hosea 4 6 that my people perish because of lack of knowledge for example, uh, just a few weeks ago, we had an uh, amazing situation in the parliament when Mr. Brown was running with a, a, a fire extinguisher to, you know, <laughs> to put down the Hanukkah. It was lighted up by G who brought the picture of Schneerson, Mr. Schneerson. So yeah. they do not, you know, bring Jesus to the parliament. Mm. Catholic parliament uh, accept this and allows for that we can see jews who are you know uh, split up divided and they what uh, some of them say brown did good some of them say brown did mm. not good because mm. if uh, if uh, for example minority as a jewish minority can uh, celebrate for example their feast in the parliament all really all religions uh, also uh, uh, should have the opportunity to celebrate their feast in the parliament, as Jews have. So we can see Jews who do not bring Jesus into parliament are accepted by the Christian Catholic Church. We can see the Catholic Church cannot see if Mr. Brown said uh, what he said was right or not. So wow. the situation is, where is the truth? Yeah. We we need to we need to have the discernment. We we need to, as Jacob always says, uh, people should be not indoctrinated. They we we need to know how to think. And moral issues could be should be brought out from the Bible, and they are, and those people are uh, in the right direction. Hey, amen. Thank you, dear brother. Thank you for that encouragement. You're right, uh, John Harvard, uh, Veritas Christos Ecclesia. And that was the motto of, of Harvard at one point. They just removed Christ in the church and then they just call it Veritas now. It's just truth. But who knows what that is anymore because it's such a in, in such a world where everything is relative. You know, it, it, it could be your truth, my truth, but there's no the truth. And, and that is a very good point. So uh, much prayer. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of believers need to know what's going on in Poland and how we should pray for the believers in Poland because we are one body. We are one body and, and and we have one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one spirit. So 
we ought to pray for one another. And it's a very difficult time right now for the Polish believers. And, and, it, and it's such a remnant of believers there. And you're a part of that. And we're so thankful for you being able to come, share, speak the truth, and get back to Christ. Because that's really the most important part for the believers there. And, uh, um, and, and evangelize as much as possible. Yeah, I don't know how much of that goes on. Yeah, uh, in terms of the evangelical believers there, but that's such an important need, especially for young people that are cut up, you know, one way or another. Is it the EU? Is it the old ways? Is it the new ways? Well, as Christians, we could say one way. <laughs> There's only one way, and, yeah. and that is that is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Go ahead, Jay. Or was that you or oh Davy, sorry. No, wasn't me. Okay. No, I think it was Davy. Davy, maybe. Go. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's fine, Marco. It, it's all good. Okay, we're going to put it up for later. Okay, no problem. Great, great stuff. All right, well, uh, we're going to stop with catching up right there, and uh, we're going to switch over to backstage. We're going to talk about the WHO, obviously, and the treaty that's coming in May. We're going to ask some questions to Jacob, ask some questions. Uh, if uh, if our brother Christoph wants to answer some of these questions, that'd be great. But we appreciate everybody watching and everybody being online with us. We'll jump over to backstage. Not on YouTube and not on Facebook. You know the drill. Get to memorial.tv, get to memorialtv.org, get to Rumble, especially Rumble. That's when we ask the questions and answer them there. And uh, and we'll see you guys in just a couple of minutes. Marco, can I have a few minutes? Uh, you can do it on, on backstage. Okay. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Welcome back to backstage, the part of the episode where our tech overlords don't want us to talk about any of this stuff. So uh, we do need to have a platform that uh, we can share and we can talk about things that uh, uh, may be uncomfortable for the rest of the world. And this is why we have Morial TV, MorialTV.org, and places like Rumble and places like Vimeo still. So praise God for those platforms. And we welcome those who've been watching Catching Up on other platforms. And now we are on the portion of Catching Up called Backstage. And part of that that we can talk about. Well, we do ask some questions to Jacob, and we have Christoph today from Poland. Well, welcome in the name of the Lord, and it's such a wonderful time uh, with you, Christoph, and having you here. And David Lister's back, so uh, the whole the whole band is back together, I suppose, right? So let's start with the questions. Jacob, can repentance be gradual? Example: Can a drunker gradually reduce the number of times per month they can get drunk with the intent of ceasing completely? If they think they're unable to stop immediately, or will this still be making provision for the flesh? Every time a drunkard gets drunk, he sins. It is a question of resolving to stop doing it. Now, we may drop our cross and repent, and the Lord will give us the grace to continue on the road of repentance. But the idea that you're going to stop sinning progressively does not just work. You've got to stop sinning. It would be no different than saying, I'm going to stop cheating on my wife progressively <laughs> or, or my husband progressively. You know what I mean? I'm going to stop pulling bank jobs progressively. You know what I mean? I'm a Christian now. I'm just going to do it. It doesn't work. No. So it's, it's repentance, and yes, we can drop our cross, but it's not supposed to be. Now, what is, what is progressive is sanctification. Amen. Sanctification is progressive, but not repentance. Not repentance. Very good. Very good. Um, what Bible do you recommend? I was raised on the KJV. I was the only one to use it, but I see that 
Jacob uses a different uh, in his Bibles in his Bible studies, or does he simply use the original language? Jacob, what do you I think? Nehemiah eight eight. The priority is always on the original meaning of the original languages, always, not on any translation. I am not opposed to the King James Version, but it does have mistakes in both Old and New Testament. It deviates even from the Masoretic and from the Textus Receptus. There are mistakes in it. Let no one tell you differently. And in the original 1611 edition of the King James, there are a lot of errors. But I'm not against it. It's wonderful for its prose. And sometimes it translates things better than most other versions, certainly yeah. better than modern inclusive versions. The new English version, NEV, not NIV, NEV, is quite close to the New Testament Greek. Also, the New American Standard Bible, NASB, is quite close to both the Greek and Hebrew. One of the problems with the King James is it predates the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. In my opinion, any Bible that predates the Dead Sea Scroll, any translation, I wouldn't say it's obsolete, but it is deficient. We have a better manuscript history now in terms of the majority text than we've ever had before, at least since the early church. So, again, the priority is on the original languages and whatever translations most accurately translate the original meaning of the original canons in the original yeah. autographs. You know what? Can I ask a question on yeah, Jacob? Yeah, yeah real quick. Jacob, uh, so... Everybody always loves the King James, and I most of my memory comes from all that and everything. But you mentioned the Dead Sea Scrolls and the updating of the Old Testament and all those things there. Did the King James use these to help update it? Or no, the know, Dead not, Sea Scrolls were not discovered until the late 1940s. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Has it updated? So because everybody says how it's there is something it, called the new. There is something called the New King James okay. that does take into account a broader manuscript record, yes. But the classic King James is basically a revision of the 1611 edition authorized by King James himself. Right. Yeah, so. uh, real quick, Christoph, uh, do you have a favorite Bible that you use, Christoph? Actually, there's a funny story because a few years uh, ago when I started to learn Hebrew, I was looking for a Hebrew Bible, you know, in the, in the original text. And uh, I went to the library in Poland, uh, which is obviously Catholic one, and I asked for the Bible in Hebrew language. And the lady said, why? Yeah. I said, because I want to read. And she asked me, have you a permission? Oh. I was so amazed that I, you know, <laughs> stepped out of the shop and I started to laugh. <laughs> and uh, you know, I wanted to go back and ask her a permission from who? Yeah, <laughs> but, I would have know... said, "Well, the Lord gave me permission." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, my Bible came from Germany. I ordered it on the internet, and uh, All right. you know, but you know, so 
actually i do i do um, have this uh, this is a true story this is uh, really uh, really happened to me and uh this is funny original language changes everything this is you know i just step by step i try to learn and i do my best you know to read the hebrew language to um confront with the uh translation that we have in poland we have a few of them uh for the uh, polish uh, um, viewers i would like to share that i believe that the ubg so new um a new edition of the uh, uh gdańska biblia gdańska this is this is the best translation that we can uh, that we can uh check with the hebrew language and uh, uh there's also uh Varshavka, which was the previous uh, the first one that i read and it helped me you know a lot at the beginning but now we can see that all translations have mistakes so mm. this is not about which translation has no mistakes no mistakes uh, only god has no mistakes and you know <laughs> the word of god with the translation there's a, a certain uh, issues with all translations. So I believe that uh, Jacob uh, mentioning about ne Nehemiah 8.8 8 is a really, really best way. This is not, you know, I I don't want to say that uh, everyone should learn Hebrew, but if there's any chance, you know, to collaborate, to cooperate with somebody who uh, can read in the original language, this is the best way to check the the word of God. All right. Well, if uh, Jacob's not available, I'm going uh, to call Christoph, you know, for the Hebrew, for the Hebrew uh, translation. So very good. Awesome. Uh, so uh, go ahead, David. Yeah. Just as a defense for the Christian Bible. Yes, it does have mistakes, but unlike most secular people that like translated uh, Julius Caesar stuff with a copy that's 1200 years uh, apart from originals, Christians are always looking for the oldest manuscripts, everything, and then they're always cross-checking, and these mistakes are are can be translation, because Jacob always says translation is both art and science. And so we, if we do know that there's a mistake within this, Christians notate it. And sometimes put it in, or if it's not in yeah. the oldest, they'll put it in italics. So a lot of the great translations we have are very trustworthy and and like, and so we can do that. So we just don't want to think that you're running around with Bibles that, you know, that are mistake laden. You know what I mean? Because, uh, look, the, the Bible is a trustworthy. It can lead people to the Lord and things like this. And, and the very small minor things that are that are different often are just things like uh, in uh, Isaiah, whether you receive much light or you receive light. You know, that's one of the difference that they fight over and things like this. So, so but uh, there there are we keep trying to get better yeah, at translating it. our Bible. And that if you get a good, decent translation, like Jacob said, the NEV, uh, I like personally the new American standard 1995 translation, 
And I even tried my other one is older than that. So you're always trying to look for the best and Christians are constantly trying to make sure we have a trustworthy instrument to learn who God is, unlike the secular world. Yeah, very good. Very good. Absolutely true. Hey, Jay, do you have a, a favorite Bible just real quick before we move on? Favorite translation? Yeah, I like the uh, NSAB, actually. All right. Well, there's a lot of NSAB here. The 1995 version, right? Or or the... I believe I have the yeah. updated one, actually. Not the 95, okay. but the uh, the latest. Oh, hey, you're more updated than I am. Uh, Davey, do you like one in particular? Yeah, I have... I do like the NASB. I usually have NASB and King James on eSword, and but yeah. the NASB is probably uh, the one I turn to the most. All right, very good. Jacob, what do you think of the complete Jewish Bible? I think I know David Stern personally. I knew him. Um, he wrote a book that I did like called Restoring the Jewishness of the Gospel. But the complete Jewish Bible of the Jewish New Testament are gimmicky. And they're not the translations of the original Greek. All right. This one is not. Okay, very good. That's a good follow-up. So you heard it here. Uh, learn the original language. And by the way, that's increasingly getting easier with a lot of good software, a lot of good books, a lot of good books out there. So keep studying those. NASB, NEV, um, King James, New King James, if you like those. So uh, there's don't, a lot of good translations out there. The yeah, don't, don't, don't write me that we hate the King James, because we don't. <laughs> <laughs> now okay. that's the next thing. That's it the always thing. comes out. Yeah. yeah. All right, so. Jacob. If uh, Donald Trump, you won't vote for him. Is there a better candidate? At least Trump establishing a platform, which I don't see from any other Republican candidate. So if not Trump, who? I'd have to see who, what the options are at the time, and pray about it. Okay. So I make that what decision. if it's Michelle Obama? No, no definitely not. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, Revelation 14, Jesus standing on Mount Zion. That sounds like his return. Does that mean that we must be we must be already gathered to Jesus? Is the Antichrist destroyed at this point? Um, according to 2 Thessalonians? Uh, boy, this is a long question. So let's just start that one. Uh, Jacob, Jesus is standing at Mount Zion. Does that mean that we're already regathered to Jesus? Okay, you have to understand something. The book of Revelation is not in a chronological sequence. What is chronologically sequenced are the sets of sevens, the seven churches, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven vials, the seven peals of thunder. The sets of sevens are sequenced. The third is followed by the fourth, the fourth by the fifth, the fifth by the sixth. Those things are sequenced, okay? When you, time you get to Revelation 14, okay, you have something up to chapter 16 when the vials begin. Revelation chapter 14, 15, 14, and 13, okay, and 12 are, are going back to something that happened earlier in the book and telling it from a different perspective, okay? Some of Revelation tells it from the perspective of the earth, some from the perspective of the heaven, of heaven, okay? Some of what you see is from the perspective of earth, some from heaven. So after you get the seventh trumpet, okay, then before you go into the seals version, 
uh, chapter 16, I'm sorry, the, the vials in chapter 16, verse 1. Chapters 12, 13, 14, and 15 retell what's happened previously from a different perspective. Okay? So don't read it sequentially in that sense. You can only read the sets of sevens sequentially. All right. Very good. All right. So we'll stop there with the questions and we'll carry over them to, to next week because there's still a few of them more. I did want to talk about, of course, our final subject, and that is the critical part. It is the who and the treaty. So let's go there. Uh, this is a warning to all the world. And this is from the European uh, uh, Parliament and EU that we're warning about what's coming, not just to one nation, not just to one particular area of the world, the whole world. Yes. To sign up for this. And this is coming up in May 2024 in the uh, how rapid things are going in the world. This is going to come like next week. And uh, we already know that the U.S. with Biden has said, yes, they're going to jump in on it. The 300 uh, amendments that they're going to have uh, will override some of the freedoms and constitutional rights that uh, that we have already. But that's that's for another discussion. Uh, let's hear uh, what Dr. Merrill has. Uh, Meryl Nass, sorry, explains what the proposed amendments are to the WHO and the treaty. Uh, I, I don't know what Australia feels about it, Jay, uh, Davey, but I, I think uh, Albanese is a big fan of this, but I don't know. And Unfortunately, he is. There's he is? Okay. People try to push back against it. And I hopefully, um, hopefully they will push back against it, but uh, Elbow signed onto it. Yeah, and I don't know where Tusk is with this uh, um, Chris stuff, but Maybe we'll find a little bit later since a lot more things are being revealed. Uh, but definitely here in the States and in Canada, Trudeau, it's it's a big fan of it. The U.S. is a big fan of it. Uh, I don't know, Jacob, with the uh, with the election of, of Rishi Sunak, where this is going to end up in Parliament, but that's another story. Uh, let's hear what Dr. Meryl Nass has to say. We're undergoing a soft coup, and the idea is to create a whole new set of laws and ignore the existing human rights laws and other laws under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda. The WHO is developing through all its nations, but with the WHO directorate in the United States in charge, a pandemic treaty and amendments to the existing international health regulations that will remove the human rights protections currently um, embedded in the IHRs, will enforce surveillance, censorship, get rid of freedom of speech, require governments to censor and only push a single narrative. Also, we will be sub subject, if, if they can make this work, to vaccines developed in 100 days, which the organization CEPI is planning to do. And one of the People who founded CEPI was Jeremy Farrar, who is now the chief scientist at the WHO to bring this forward. Um, other things that uh, the amendments do is to bind the state so they are no longer recommendations, but enforceable edicts. Uh, provide a liability shield, get rid of intellectual property rights, move supplies from one country to another, um, enforce digital passports, and the Director General of WHO can demand that a pandemic or a potential pandemic exists. 
he can just declare it with no standards and then countries around the world will have to obey. Uh, also, the WHO will tell you what drugs you can and can't use in your nation once a pandemic is declared. Obviously, the budget will increase. Um, One Health is another part of this. One Health is a concept that was created to enable the WHO with these documents to take over jurisdiction of everything in the world by saying that climate change, animals, plants, water systems, ecosystems are all central to health. Also embedded in this concept is a peculiar notion that humans are no longer of greater value than animals. Very, very interesting. Jacob Prash, we'll start with you. Out of all the things she talked about, obviously there's some things that have changed, which we'll talk about the CBDC and stuff like that. Uh, what is the one that concerns you the most? Okay, the World Health Organization. Let's understand <laughs> that this is a globalist agenda. Barack Obama tried to use Obamacare, a complete dismal failure concocted by people who were corrupt and or stupid. With Obamacare in the United States, it was about political control, not about affordable health care. In every state, the cost of health care went up at least 40%. In Arizona, it went up 117%. Most states, it went up by 60%. It had the opposite effect of what it claimed. It made insurance and healthcare much more, much more expensive. It did not make it affordable for anybody except the people who didn't have to pay anything. It, it completely burdened the youth, not to pay for the older generation. They already had Medicare or the poor even, but for the uninsured. Obamacare was a disaster, but it was not about affordable health care. It was about socialism. It was about using a health issue to nationalize one-sixth of the national economy. It was a device to get to socialism. What you're seeing with the World Health Organization is the same thing. It is not about pandemic or epidemic control. It is about a globalist agenda. It is about socialism. It is about the misuse of public health for purposes of centralizing control economically and politically by unelected elitist bureaucrats. Mm. That is what it is about. That's all it is about. It is mm. simply Obamacare's strategy on a global scale. On a global scale. Um, Christoph, what, what, what's the concerning part when, when you hear somebody like Dr. Merrill and I saying, hey, this is coming. If, it's, if, if, if your country doesn't do anything about it, they're just going to sign on to it and you get all these uh, wonderful amendments, quote unquote, and uh, which one do you think it's the, 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 the most crucial to you? 
I believe uh, the most crucial for me is uh, the political agenda with uh, with the law, with the changing the laws. Mm. We can read in the Bible, uh, in the book of Daniel, that yeah. uh, there will be times to change. They will be changing the times and the laws. Yes. The feast and the laws. Okay. So, yeah. uh, and also Jesus said that there will be wars, rumors of wars, pestilence. We can see it right now. Uh, I can uh, I can see, for example, three years ago when COVID went through Poland, everyone was scared. Everyone was uh, facing the masks and um, many people were uh, separating themselves. For example, now we can, uh, three years later, all people say, yeah, this is COVID. That's okay. Nobody wears a mask. Nobody separates himself. Nobody says anything, you know. This is just this is just next virus that is uh, going out. Uh, I believe it was artificially made and uh, uh, um, spread uh, through all the countries. We have it right now, and who knows wh uh, uh, what the way it's going to change. So I believe the 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 agenda is set out already. So all the changes the governments, for example. Uh, the lady said that um, mm, uh, that all the laws that are right now will be no longer important, right? Uh, she, yep. she used some other words, but she said that all the laws that were given earlier, there will be overruled with overruled, the new ones. Yeah, exactly. Swept away. Yeah. So I believe this is this is the program. This is the proof for the program that we are set up. Incredible. It becomes, it becomes, you know, like a War Powers Act where Rome would have a dictator during a time of war instead of an emperor or a consul. Well, it's the same thing, only instead of giving unrestrained power to, to a government to rule by decree because of a war, the, you're using a public health crisis or even an invented, manufactured public health crisis to so empower government uh, and, and, and negate or nullify democracy. Yeah. Uh, Davey from Australia, the, the, they just had a meeting not too long ago, the WEF, the WHO, and some global elites, and I think they're going to have another meeting in January next week. Uh, you know, some kind of prediction, some kind of summit of prediction that I, I think it's going to be used. What do you know about that? Yeah, well, one of the things they're going to be talking about is this thing called disease X, <laughs> which oh, they're yeah. already saying is twenty times is going to be twenty times more, you know, deadly than COVID and that kind of thing. So, for a disease that doesn't exist yet, there are how do they know it's going to be twenty times more deadly? Plus, they're already getting to <laughs> work on vaccines way. for it. How can you make a vaccine for a disease that doesn't exist? This just shows mm -hmm. you that they they've already got the agenda, they've got the plan. This is just the excuse so that they can lock everyone down uh, and um, what do you call override the sovereignty of nations and, and yes. extend this kind of control. And we're going to find we're going to find too that uh, it's not going to be like last time. It, it, the, they're saying it's going to be twenty times deadlier. Well, I think the lockdown measures and all the restrictions will be twenty times more restrictive, mm -hmm. and you can. Look, the Lord used a lot of things last time for good, like uh, the Zoom study sprung up, fellowship grew um, despite the lockdowns 
Um, I think fellowship got stronger by some, look, the Main Street churches just went along and complied with the government. They'll do that again. You'll find a lot of them will just bow down, submit to the government. Uh, but you can see they're going to tie it in with the digital ID and that kind of thing. And the thing that concerns me the most is, okay, we know our days on the internet, the freedom that we have uh, are, are getting numbered. They'll really ramp up the Misinformation Act kind of thing a lot more. So <laughs> we found it hard talking about certain things. Well, and you still can't talk about certain things on YouTube. That's why we have the backstage. We have to go to Rumble. But you can find you can find the censorship and the media control is going to be ramped up quite significantly too. So we're going to have to seek the Lord and pray so that we can keep fellowshipping, keep communicating with one another. We're going to have to really seek the Lord on that. Yeah, David Lister, which one concerns you? Well, besides all of it, <laughs> just the, just the the evil people that are thinking this. I, I, you know, it's interesting that a snake is the uh, wrapped around the um, thing, and they're going to be in charge. And also, it's a political organization because it's led by a communist. It's in bed with the uh, uh, the CCP. PCP, anyway. Huh? I missed whether the the is this going to be an actual treaty or is this going to be something that he can just Obama Biden can just sign on to this? How? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a treaty presented to the whole world, and okay. each country would have to sign on to it. And, and Biden okay. has to agreed to well, that he would as a treaty. Fortunately, a treaty has to be approved. By, the president can sign on to it, but it still has to be approved by the House and the and the um, and the Senate. So maybe we could delay it or something like that, depending on how the election outcome. But uh, but what happens is, let's say the vast majority of the world goes along with it. It could kill air travel. Like you won't be able to go here. You won't be able to go there. So it could do troubles like that. Also, the ability of them to start turning off the Internet. Everything is just ramping up to the arrival of the one we all don't want to really see, you know? Yeah. Let's hey, remember yeah, that, that, that Obama made an agreement, a treaty with Iran, and Iran, of course, violated it, but it yeah. was never approved by the Senate. It yeah. was never binding in international law. It was never binding in American law. Yeah, but did they call it a treaty, Jacob? Yeah, yeah. Call well, the, the the agreement with Iran it was never approved by the Senate. Yeah. Okay. But but, but, Biden, but they just treated it as if it was. Right. Yeah. The the, the power of the executive branch is That's so correct. much, and and all yeah. these other countries. But you know, we see. I don't know if you remember. Uh, Flight Ready is Delta has. Every country in the world is already hooked together in that. And so once you sign up, hey, I want to go here, boom, all the health requirements come on there and you have to be ready to meet these things. So it could easily, with the Internet, be able to shut down so much. You know, yeah. So it's very yes. concerning. We need to work while we have the time, get out and, and go yes. do as much work as we can because something like this has the ability to really put a clamp down yeah. on Christianity, That's on right. the, the teaching of righteousness, 
basically, if they turn off the internet for people of uh, for Christians, uh, those that are in the false church will be deceived any even more. Those that are true Christians will struggle, and with fellowship and with that. So. I would just tell everybody, make sure you have hard copies of Bibles and books and copy our stuff, you know, mm-hmm. our, our all of our sermons for free, all of our teachings. Be ready to go back to uh, the 1950s. <laughs> hey, Jay, real quick, uh, what's what's the part that troubles you more about this, um, this treaty, the who? Uh... It's just uh, like Jacob and the panel has been saying, it's a power grab. Uh, I, I guess, you know, I, I have a comment on it. It, it seems to me that uh, the WHO is basically directly challenging democracies because the countries that won't sign on to this are theocratic societies like Iran and the yeah. Hermit Kingdom like North Korea. Those Those two places, which we consider to be sub, you know, they're, they're sub-states, sub-countries at this point because of the lack of freedom. They will be better places to be because they won't accept this. Right. So you'll have a choice. You can go to Iran or you or can North go Korea. On... Yeah. That's a that's a that's a very difficult choice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh no doubt I, I put a picture of uh Ursula von der Leyen. Uh she actually it's it's um uh, all on board, of course, with the WHO Treaty. And part of her is to convince you, EU citizens to go into the digital ID, which has already been rolled out to a certain degree of another, the EU digital ID. What's scary, it's a part that you guys have been touching on, is the fact that this digital ID, it has been said to be the gateway to the Internet, that because there's so much Internet uh, uh, corruption and hacking and all this stuff, you need identification to get onto the Internet. So uh, whether we have a cybersecurity attack and a threat and they're going to shut it down and then bring it back up with a digital ID, that's another story. But no doubt that they're pushing through the WHO a digital ID, which be no mistake about it, it, it comes with CBDCs, which is the other part of the coin to be able to control financial transactions on the internet through CBDCs. You won't be able to have, uh, be able to do any of that without a CBDC, private rights, uh, uh, copyrights, um, any kind of private citizens will be gone because of the CBDC and some of this digital ID. So uh, this is 2024 that's coming. And, and it comes with, of course, uh, immigration, open immigration, complete open immigration, and uh, they were already doing that. They destroy the, the, the southern economies of the world, southern hemisphere, and then the northern hemisphere is receiving all these uh, uh, people that have been completely uh, told to go north by NGOs and pushed along the way. And uh, we're seeing that in Texas. We're seeing that in Texas here in the States. Uh, the, the federal government is uh, uh, the DOJ suing Texas over the barricades, uh, which is just absolute crazy. And uh, now you have New York City offering not just schools, but eventually homes uh, to illegal migrants to say, you can stay there, we'll pay you. We'll pay you if you, if you let your home be used uh, by the illegal uh, immigrants. You can, you can be paid, says Mayor Adams, $4.6 billion have been allocated to this. So we want to get some money into you. And Massachusetts wants to make it mandatory. So uh, very, very, and this is all part, 
part and parcel of the same thing that we've been talking about, the WHO Treaty and some of the digital IDs and CBDCs that's coming. And some of it is already, we're feeling the effects of it already in terms of how no borders, digital ID, CBDCs, no, you know, internet, you know, to a certain extent, uh, limited and more wars. So here you have it. Look forward Better to Better get serious about your Christianity. Amen. A serious call to a serious faith. You know, that, that's really what is needed. And, uh, and and David's right. And I've been recommending this. Uh, people think, you know, perhaps it was a little alarmist, but buy yourself a hard drive, an external hard drive. Don't connect it to the Internet. Download all the stuff that Jacob has. Download all the books, all the messages, all the audios, all, all the videos. Yes. Put it in there. Don't connect it to the Internet. And just keep it there. Get the books. Get everything you need to get. Uh, because if this goes through, and I say the word if, I don't know the future, only the Lord knows, but if it goes through, it'll be very difficult to get godly and gospel preaching material uh, without some kind of dog tag on you, and, and right. which will figure out who you are and what they're, what you're doing with this. So anyway, yeah. uh, uh, I want to finish there. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Jacob. Jacob, you got you wanted to say a couple of things, and I'm going to go to Christoph at the end. Chris, I'm going to ask you something. If you can close it out, and uh, if you can give a uh, a simple gospel presentation and an encouragement to uh, to people that may watch this, that are believer or unbeliever, that speak Polish, and we can share it with the uh, the Polish speaking world, you know, the need for Christ and the gospel message. But we'll leave that at the end. Let's go to Jacob first, and we'll go to Christoph. Bullet points, bang, bang, bang. The Inspector General of the Environmental Protection Agency has said that there are billions of dollars missing that the Biden administration had allocated and appropriated by Congress, but has lost track of. Billions, billions he's unable to account for. What is going on here with the green agenda? Where are the billions of dollars? Again, don't expect the mainstream media to say much about it, but billions are missing. Billions. Secondly, uh, what's happening in Texas. For the first time, the State National Guard is withstanding the Border Patrol. Not that there's animosity between the two forces personally, but the Biden administration and the Biden's, and Biden's Injustice Department is suing the state of Texas for protecting Texas from illegal immigrants. Um, the Biden administration says we refuse to protect the national border despite narco-terror. We refuse Despite the fentanyl, we refuse. Despite the cartels, we refuse. The, despite the human trafficking. But the state of Texas does it. We're going to sue, and they are suing Governor Abbott, and they are suing the state. We're not going to protect the border, and if you try to protect the border, we're going to sue you. This is how corrupt the administration is. He should be impeached for that alone. Next bullet point. Very, very interesting. The latest polls, and I mean the credible polls like Rasputin. Donald Trump can beat Biden if the election were held now. Governor DeSantis would beat Biden if the election were held now. Nikki Haley would not be able to defeat Biden. Yet she is the darling of the rhinos of the Republican Party establishment of the Koch family. She is somebody who Ron Paul, Rand Paul rather, has warned against, pointing out she wanted to register 
persons to be able to use the internet and looked at her overall record. She is a rhino who pretends to be a conservative in the estimation of Rand Paul and of a number of other conservatives. But the stats show she would lose against Biden. Governor DeSantis would win. So would Donald Trump. Ovia Zane, good riddance to Chris Christie of New Jersey. The only decent thing that guy ever did in his life politically was withstand the teachers' unions. That's all. He appointed a Muslim judge to a high judgeship in New yeah. Jersey. He's a horrible man. He's an absolutely horrible man. Um, he's withdrawn from the race, admitting he has no path to victory. Nobody wants him. Nobody. Uh, he was a rising star in the Republican Party at one time. Now he's a fallen star. But he says, despite having withdrawn from the race, he's going to continue to oppose Donald Trump. He sees that as his mission, as a rhino. Well, as a super rhino. <laughs> um, that is Christie. He's gone. He's no longer a factor in the equation, but he will still try to make trouble. So it is. All right. All right. Uh, Christoph? Great privilege to be with you here, to learn from you for this uh, time that we can learn together and that we can study the Word of God. To uh, encourage everybody who is watching right now in Poland or anywhere, I would love to share with you that uh, uh, when for the first time I met that some other brother led me to uh, read the Jacob's material one Messiah to Cummings, it has changed me. And uh, I started to look for the studying the word of God with Moriel. So I believe that what uh, Marco said just a moment ago, this is very important to receive this material and to study, to have the knowledge. So we could not perish as most people do because of lack of knowledge, as Hosea says. So thank you for this coming here for the opportunity that we can study with you the word of God and we can share the gospel and we can bring people together in Christ. May God protect you and provide in his peace. Shalom. Hey, Christoph, can I ask you something real quick? Could you sure. do it in Polish? Just a, a very quick uh, uh, word in Polish for those who are watching and, and can hear it in their own language. Okay, that's a privilege. Drodzy bracia i siostry w Chrystusie, jeżeli oglądacie w tej chwili to w języku polskim, to poproszę was, żebyście skłonili głowy i pomodlili się, dlatego że Pan Jezus za chwilę przyjdzie. Czas jest bliski, mamy trochę czasu, ale prosimy o to, abyście studiowali Słowo i żebyście poszukali Chrystusa całym swoim sercem. Niech Pan was błogosławi, niech Pan was prowadzi w pokoju, niech Pan otworzy wasze serca i czuwając nad wami, niech prowadzi do, was do swojego zbawienia. Słowo ciałem się stało i Pan Jezus był wśród nas, a teraz mamy Jego Słowo, które może nas prowadzić do Niego z powrotem. I Bóg Was błogosławi w Jego pokoju. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Dziękuję. Dziękuję. It's good to be Very briefly, this Sunday, 10.30 a.m. for our friends in the south of England, I will be speaking at the Ark Christian Fellowship in Swallowfield Village Hall. 
just south of Reading, Swallowfield Village Hall, 10.30 a.m., our Christian Fellowship this Sunday. On the 26th of, I'm sorry, 27th of January, I'll be speaking at the Church of the Open Door in Manhattan at 7 p.m. on 7th Street and 3rd Avenue. Uh, details are on the itinerary page on the Moriel.org website. Also on the Sunday, which is the 27th, 28th, the 28th, I will be in Baltimore at the Church of the Open Door in Baltimore. Again, details are on the itinerary page of the Moriel website, moriel.org, or just Google Moriel itinerary and the locations, the times uh, are, are all posted. Thank you so much. Well, Jacob, you also Go ahead, got David. more stuff coming, so keep an eye out on uh, the itinerary page for where Jacob is going to be speaking. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you for being with us. And those who are watching still with us, thank you for staying up. For those on, uh, in England and Europe, have a good evening. It's almost, it's probably morning already. It's probably the next day. For those in Australia, New Zealand, in the South Pacific area, good morning. Have a good Saturday. For those on the West Coast, let's have a good afternoon, Jay, you and I. Have a good afternoon. God bless you guys. And uh, Brother Christoph, such a pleasure having you. Always welcome. You so Always welcome back. And we pray that it happens very soon. Uh, we'll pray for you. Please pray for us. And we'll see you guys soon. Amen. Amen.